Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 19. Today we're talking Robot Jocks from 1989, directed by Stuart Gordon. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Please give me a coffee IV right now, McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. I caught, you know, squash you both like bags. No, you're a lot of things, Alexander, but you're not a coward. I'm going to get in this thing. And I'm gonna kick your ass! Uh, this is an ungodly hour for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, as we've posted on the Instagram, we had a little technical uh, difficulty with um, this episode, wherein um, some audio files were corrupted and lost and things like that, so we had to postpone it till the end of this weekend. As of now, we're recording it on Friday, so it's going to come out in two days, the super quick turnaround, fucking make your head spin kind of shit. Gonna make it happen, though. We're making it happen for you guys. Um, we're, we weren't not going to do it. Uh, it's just this week has just been fucking super busy. We would have done it earlier in the week, but uh, we all have jobs, full-time jobs, even with the even with COVID going on. Um, eating and paying the bills comes first. Constantly reminded that I have a full-time job that doesn't go anywhere despite this COVID thing happening. Yes. Yeah. Also, my, my original um, opening bit involved me crunching very loudly into a pork skin and uh, saying it's razor back, but I'm sorry, I'm not eating a pork skin at uh, 9. 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> it was very apropos of the barbecue. Yeah, I, be- I believe we even said at the time of the first recording that uh, Leonardo and Donatello were sitting there eating the pork rinds with you, clearly. Oh, yeah. Pork rind. Lucky to have our jobs right now because a lot of people don't. Yes. But that being said, I just want to bring this up again. Like, this is a free show that we give you guys we you know what i mean like we 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 don't put it we don't put the show itself behind a paywall like you can listen to it whenever and wherever you want and we appreciate that that being said we do it all on our our own extra time this is not we don't do this full time right we we don't we don't make money on this i mean we're trying to (laughs) so um so any of your support helps you know we got that patreon you can you can support us on or uh and we got a store coming soon so you'll be able to buy some stuff and and i know a lot of you have supported have supported us already yes and a a lot of you want to so so that's great so this is our second episode in our barbecue month for this month, uh, for the month of August. Oh, yes, it is, boys. Oh, Gramps is back. You know, Gramps has been great. He's been cooking those fucking burgers on the grill and, and serving us up some, some, some good movies and some good stuff for you guys. Oh, yeah. You know, Gramps, he brings in the heat. Packs it, really. He sure does. He put a little bit too much hot sauce on that fucking hot dog, though. Or that chicken, that barbecue chicken. Yeah, yeah, he overcooked it, that son of a bitch. You know, he kept he kept telling us he liked the charcoal. That's what he kept telling us. Well, Charnetsky ate it, and he fucking gave him heartburn. He almost fucking died. <laughs> Charnetsky would eat something if you dipped it in tar, all right? Like- <laughs> Listen, man, I don't... Look, I asked you to put the fucking Van Damme special sauce on there. Not hot sauce. I told you. My ulcer. But then bring it to the Bria tar pits, dip it in. He's like that guy from Dumb and Dumber when they give him the fucking chilies on the burger, the chili peppers on the burger, <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking died. Well, they give him rat poison, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was like the Gramps is consistently surprised by the camera suddenly, and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, you know that new technology, man. 
100 years in a coffin, that's what it'll do to you. Are you taking my soul? <laughs> he didn't fully understand what we were doing at first, Gramps, but he he wanted to lend a hand, so, so uh, you know, we bared with him. A movie like the time Edison shocked an elephant? <laughs> Is that like when the train came at the audience and scared the shit out of me? I remember that. <laughs> Some Buster Keaton-ass shit. <laughs> Yeah, it was only five seconds long. We all crapped our pants. <laughs> and then the Aztecs wrapped me up and put me in a fucking coffin. Yeah. Yeah, right then and there. Right after that movie. <laughs> My last pop culture frame of reference. First movie ever. That shit, I'd look young when I came out. And I didn't. I was a 170-year-old fart. <laughs> If you're new to the show, or you're, or you're new to... Um... <laughs> if you're new to the show, I, I apologize ahead of time, because that probably made zero sense. <laughs> if you're new to the show, uh, we're going to put a compendium together so that if you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, we will give you specific episodes where you can catch up on the MDU lore. That way you're all, you're all set to go. Um, a specific episode list, if you will. Yes. But right now... We are running our barbecue month, and what that is is a barbecue-themed movie month. So uh, we're doing a giveaway this month, um, where wherein you can you can win yourself a prize pack that consists of a dumpster barbecue or barbecue dumpster rub, uh, Granny Van Dam special barbecue sauce, um, which are both real things that you can use on f- actual food. Yeah. Whether you know you're vegetarian or or, or carnivorous, it's e- either one. GMO free. GMO free, non dairy, vegan. Uh, like we said uh, on the last episode, you know, Granny eats clean. She sure does. That's how she keeps up her fucking stamina, dude. She's been living for millions of years. <laughs> she can't just live for an epoch over again without eating cleanly. <laughs> is she the MDU's turtle? Is that what we're finding out right now? No, she can't be because she's on the she's on the side of evil. Well, I think again we've talked about it before. She straddles that line. <laughs> I think she straddles that line only in her brothels, right? Like we talked about, like that's the John Wick Hotel of the MDU. This is neutral territory. Get your bullshit out of here. <laughs> so she's not the turtle, but she's she's close. She's you know she is Pennywise level as we've talked about before. She's more of like the Man in Black. Oh. Careful, careful, we might have Dan Aykroyd knocking at her door. <laughs> no, 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 not that man in black. The man in black uh, from the Dark Tower series, who's also the guy from The Stand. I mean, you could say that's John Hurt, but I feel like that's definitely more of like a Granny Van Dam role. Rolls up with her shotgun in a fucking black suit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know Aykroyd's uh, following you because you're just like, yup, in the background. <laughs> Granny's like, get that damn Aykroyd out of here. <laughs> Uh, Granny, did you buy any of my Crystal Skull vodka yet, or what? No, Dan, God damn it! would you stop pulling that fucking Crystal Skull out? Just hear her pump the shotgun. Don't you start talking about the men in black, God damn it! <laughs> Dan Aykroyd asked her, so, Granny, what is the secret ingredient in your sauce? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd just hits the ground. <laughs> he has cigarettes out of his eyes, nose, mouth, and ears, just all down to the filters. And then he's reincarnated as a fucking scientist. <laughs> Turns into a Celtics fan all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, there you go. Something like that. Meet, meets uh, <laughs> meets Marv on the streets to become roommates. They, he could. They really hate the Utah Jazz, I've heard. He definitely meets Macaulay Culkin at some point. Yeah. 
The whole B situation, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah, we've we've talked about it before. And then he marries uh, what was it, Daryl Hannah? She's an alien at one point, so he's got a yeah. I think that I think that lines up right. Yeah, that, I think that's part of his whole history. And the ghosts obviously come in, and you know, and then history repeats itself, and you know, right? You know, he has that flashback, that dream sequence where he's getting it on with the ghost, where she takes his pants off. It's actually Granny Van Dam this time. <laughs> Floating above his covers. Hey, Danny boy, let me see that dingus. <laughs> oh, my Lord. She shoots and kills him. He gets reincarnated, and then she fucks him at a later date. <laughs> dude, that sounds like Granny's fucking M.O., dude. <laughs> She's like Natalia from fucking What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Cutting off her lover's head while they're having sex because she's so passionate, and he keeps getting reincarnated, and it just happens again and again. She's the fucking man. She's the fucking praying mantis, dude. She'll get you. Yeah, no, I could see it. Also, seemingly uh, invested in some kind of stealth suit for so she can infiltrate his bedroom unseen. <laughs> I honestly, I I could see GVD having predator technology. Uh, you just beat me to it. Like I can see her with her fucking like with her with the little gauntlet with the wrist blades and shit. You just hear like you look into like the distance. You just hear like a cackle in the distance. <laughs> But you you see nothing but a shimmer. It's fucking modulated like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want some special sauce? Want some spe- spe- special sauce? 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 Take off your clothes, 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 clothes. Oh my god. Okay, that's happening now. Fucking <laughs> Granny's cackling over the fucking over Arnold running through the jungle with the explosion, and you just hear, "What the hell are you? What the hell are you?" What? Fucking Richard Harris is there. <laughs> Fucking orca comes flying out like to stop Granny from blowing it up. He, he's like the Danny Glover character in Part Two. Oh my God, this is like a fucking Metal Gear Solid cutscene now. What the hell's happening? Oh man. <laughs> well, and again, you know, it's it's not just the orca; it's the orcling with the six arms with all the Ninja Turtle fucking weapons and the and the and the bandana. Oh shit! Now you're talking. Okay, so before we get into the meat and potatoes or the uh, I guess the really crunchy bits of this episode, robot jocks, if you will. Uh, we do have a Patreon question from our friend Leonardo, and he asks, Since Japan is almost done with their fully movable Gundam RX-78-2 life-size robot, which mech from American pop culture would you commission to duke it out with the mobile suit? And then he uh, continues, and, I, and I'm going to be that nerd to say no to Megaswords because they're originally from the Japanese Super Sentai, and he would love to see... Rayleigh Beckett and Mako Mori from uh, use Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim to tango with with Gundam's Amuro Ray. Uh, I mean, I'm inclined to agree, and also because I can't come up with a single other instance of American robot mechs. Yeah. <laughs> um, does the Iron Giant count? I mean, that's the. I feel like that's the only thing that would even be remotely uh, formidable against a fucking Gundam. Sure. From American culture specifically. I mean, I don't know how long it's lasting. A Gundam has, uh, I don't know, a jet pack, a fucking energy sword. Dude, it's got a giant fucking plasma fucking katana. I don't just cut it in half. Yeah. Machine guns all over it, depending on the model. Yeah, there's 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 certain Gundams that have, like, turrets in their kneecaps. Like, we're fucked. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The Iron Giant, sure. Friend? No. And then the fucking Gundam cuts his head off. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck him. Even if he gets, like, red-eyed in his fucking battle mode or whatever, he's still fucked. Oh, yeah. And, you know, originally I was going to say uh, the Big O from the anime series, the Big O, but I, I but then I remembered that uh, it had to be an American choice. Yeah. 
again, like, even if it was, like, Megazord, Megazord would still get his fucking ass handed to him, you know? Oh, yeah! That thing's moving slow as peanut butter. Oh, yeah. And it constantly has to pose and do all this other stupid shit during the battle. Like, <laughs> just fight already. But what about giant Cumdar? That would be fucking sweet. Gundam versus Cumdar. Oh, my God. Now that I'd pay to see. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm gonna cut you in half, Gundam fuck. <laughs> Come here, I'm gonna spooge on you. He's sitting there playing cards with Corpse Fucker and the being and the suckling, and uh, he gets a call on his, on his fucking monitor. He's like, ah, you gotta go out. I gotta fight. He's got the communicator. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Time for me to grow. <laughs> I'm gonna grow. Fitster. <laughs> He goes, crash and burn! And him, him and uh, Corpse Fucker, they do like a fist pound thumbs up. And then he goes off and battles this fucking Amuro Ray fucking Gundam, the Wing Zero or some shit. <laughs> when Connor said Finster, I just pictured Finster and Dobby like shooting dice in the corner. <laughs> wow, playing craps. Oh, okay, come dog. I'm going to make you grow. Harry Potter said it's not a good thing to gamble. <laughs> Fuck Harry Potter because I have to die every day. Fincher just pulls a 45 and shoots him. He's like, you do this all the time? Eh, it's a living. I must return to the castle now. That's what he does. He goes to Earth. He has like the he buys Charnasky's chunky chicken, but then he like goes and like you know it's like God or God playing skee ball in in fucking um <laughs> in dogma. Yeah. Imagine if Dobby was on life support. Holy shit. And he couldn't get back to the fucking castle. That that would really get the wizards into action. That would get their uh, light of fire under their ass to do something. Charnasky's like, what do you mean he's in limbo? Somebody has to go unplug him? Boys, we gotta go to the material plane as he as he pumps a shotgun. Oh, yeah. I need that rat fuck here so I can take my rage out on him. Daniel Baldwin's got a hockey stick. He fucking cuts a hole in the space-time continuum, jumps through it. Whoa. Probably. What is this, the race to get to Dobby first? John Hurt versus the Wizards? Whoever gets there first wins? Oh, dude, it's going to be a bloody battle. Because, you know, John Hurt, he's got Baldwin on his team, and he's got the uh, recently appointed Garrus, a.k.a. Michael Clark Duncan, on his team. Oh, boy. that's <laughs> He'll come through the fucking keyhole like Emotep. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if John Hurt is walking around with... Uh, Chronica's helmet from Mortal Kombat 11, which basically just, you know, he was already a time-traveling scientist. This really just, you know, if if you're not familiar with the uh, Mortal Kombat 11 lore at home, uh, essentially Chronica was like the goddess of time or some shit. So if Hurt took her powers, it just, you know... It, it advances his technology uh, quite quite a few uh, millennia, I'm going to say. Well, what has to happen is, there, that's why there's three wizards, right? But they're still, like, they all have to come together. Well, four now, four now. Yeah, four now. Well, actually, we have four. I believe there's four now. Yes. If you include Richard Harris. But they all need to come together and make, like, you know, like, Fire God Liu Kang, but it's, like, <laughs> it's all the wizards combining into one to fight him because they can't do it, like, separately? They do, like, the soldier docking from One Piece when Frankie grabs all the other straw hats and they pose like they're a fucking mech. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, like, again, in some, like, giant, like, society ball of shit, they all meld together. <laughs> Look like Tetsuo. Oh, my God. When they all turn together, they just turn to uh, Tyler Maine from Halloween 2. Like, just a larger, hairier man. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when they fuse, you know, they didn't do this in the Lord of the Rings movies, but Sauron, you know, he had that rainbow-colored cloak. When they fuse, the fucking robe is rainbow-colored, but it's all, like, mold and shit growing all over it. Oh, ew. 
it's all covered in chunky chicken, like the, like chunky chicken god. That's what they turn in. No, they turn into a giant chicken, right? Or no? I don't know what they turn into. It's uh, my mind is racing at the idea. It could be an amorphous blob, and then they kind of just yeah. whatever suits the situation. Just roll over John Hurt and absorb him. I feel like if Charnetsky's in control, he would turn into a chicken. The thing is, though, they wouldn't have to worry too much because upon attaining Kronika's uh, crown, John Hurt realized that he is both ultra powerful and also fucking useless at what he's supposed to be doing, aka Kronika. Well, well yeah, I, I, I look at Kronika's crown kind of like the uh, the Infinity Stones on some level. Uh, you know, not not as powerful. You know, you really only get like one or two wish spells off this Chronica crown. You get a ton with the fucking uh, MDU uh, Infinity Infinity gems. But that's the whole thing. It's it's going to be in, if it's encrusted with the fucking MDU Infinity gems. Like, oh, maybe that's what his true goal is. That is his goal. It's it's that Chronica's crown is his Infinity Gauntlet. Is what it is. Okay. Wow. Now we're on the hunt to collect all the gems. <laughs> but he's got, like, this ragtag crew of just, uh, like, I don't know, poor Michael Clark Duncan got involved with some bad people. Oh, he sure did. Well, he's already has two. He has the fucking Van Damme Bloodstone and the Time Gem. Yeah. From <laughs> from Baldwin and Granny Van Damme. Well, you know, GVD, she's, she's going to want to get that back again. Sideline straddler. I think she used she uses it like on the side, right? Like her, she's like the Shang Tsung of the plot. She's like waiting for her to collect them, and then she's gonna fucking dupe them and steal it. Probably. She is that third party that is uh, both sides are unsure of how they're gonna impact uh, the end game, if you will. Yeah, the doc, the Doctor Doom, if you will. Yeah. Cease this madness, Granny, before you doom us all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But going back to the original question, I think my answer has to be Liberty Prime from Fallout 3 and 4. This giant, basically the iron giant with mini nukes that they throw as fo- like footballs at the enemy. It's just like it's, it's walking ordinance. Like it's just, it's, a, it's an artillery strike that talks. Mission, the destruction of any and all Chinese communists. You know, it's like imagine this shit as it's firing mini nukes at a Gundam. <laughs> Uh, and the Gundam dodges every single missile. Well, yeah, oh, obviously. <laughs> and then cuts it in half. <laughs> the, the people who are, like, behind the, like, pile in the Gundam are like, do you think he's being a little too forward with his, uh, you know, message there? Yeah. <laughs> really hates communists. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy is not negotiable. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds about right. So, Robot Jocks. is a great song by Daft Punk. No, that's Robot Rock. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, before we get into the meat and potatoes of, of Robot Jocks, or the nuts and bolts, if you will. There you go. Boom. I'm fired again. This is a very important film. It is the last film that Empire Pictures produced and released before they went bankrupt. It was also their most expensive movie that they that they produced as well. Now, if you're not if you're not familiar with Empire Pictures, I mean, they've done everything from Ghoulies and Troll to to uh to you know, to this film or From Beyond and and uh to this film, which is also directed by Stuart Gordon uh From Beyond. And if you're not familiar with Stuart Gordon, I don't even know why you're listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> also, RIP and I believe Happy Birthday has just passed. The 11th, yeah, we just passed it. So, uh, lost one of the greats. I was just talking to my fiance about this and like every, almost, not all of them, but a a lot of my heroes, including Giancarlo Beekler and Stuart Gordon are, are all gone. And I'm, and I'm just kind of wondering who is going to take the role of these independent filmmakers and, and, and special effects people and stuff. And Shane Van Dyke. Oh my God. If Shane Van Dyke is the future, (laughs) then I want to be left in the fucking past. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no fucking kidding. Yeah, if he's the future, I I welcome the tsunami that is supposed to you know knock his boat over. Yeah, yeah, me too. So yeah, I, just from that standpoint, right? Like it's such an important film. I feel like in the in Empire Pictures um, history, and it kind of it signals the downfall of the company and then Charles Band creating Full Moon like immediately right after. So it's like that, it bridges that gap between Empire and Full Moon, I feel like. And the idea of like going bankrupt while funding a $7 million movie is fucking bonkers to me. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like this independent film <laughs> had a budget of $7 million. Like that, that shit's like unheard of. You know what I mean? Especially now. And even then, especially a Charles Band movie specifically. Yeah, and he was producing it, but he was also his father was still alive at that point, so he was producing with his with his father. And I feel like Albert really kind of wrote reined in Charles's bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Because what was uh was Full Moon basically came out of the ashes of Empire? Is that how that worked? Yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Charnetsky and the and the gang were born. Yeah, well this so Robot Jocks was supposed <laughs> was supposed to be released um, in 1989, but principal photography had wrapped up in 1987. So the film was done. Oh man. The film was done in 87 and then Empire goes completely bankrupt and then it's not released until 1989. So by that point, we're already dipping into full I think full moon might exist already sure in some capacity because I believe puppet master is 1989 probably within that time period it probably came to be so if empire goes under in 87 um then in 88 this film is not on the back burner but being kind of tossed around getting this is also I believe the last film to get theatrical release from empire well it's the last film but it actually does get theatrical release in 89 but it's like super short-lived and doesn't get received well at all. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Puppet Master kicks off the Full Moon legacy. I mean, when you think of Full Moon, you think of Puppet Master, you know? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, straight up. And and uh, Charnetsky, just because of this show. <laughs> well, well, Demonic Toys, yeah, that comes well, out yeah, in 93. Right. Yeah, so it's, again, it's like Prime Full Moon is between 89 and, like, 96 ish i think it really teeters out around there um when we're on our fucking like what like <laughs> like f- fucking fourth uh sequel yeah when you're on like ginger dead man five. Oh, oh god Christ. yeah well we're on like the fucking last subspecies movie is, is gary Busey even voicing him anymore at that point connor i mean is he doing anything else yeah well yeah ginger dead man was like 2000s though yeah well yeah right yeah you're jumping ahead a bit so that's what i'm saying like it, when, once we get to that shit, you can fucking keep it, dude. Sure. Evil bong and all that. Yeah, like, no thanks. There's enough of that garbage to fill an entire section on Tubi, and I think, like, there's a full moon streaming service or something like that? You're right. It, it has its own streaming service right now. And I believe, I don't know if Robot Jocks is on there. Yeah, I was saying it's like, a, it's like a subscription service or something like that. Yeah, I, I got the, I, I actually saw that ad. They were like, subscribe to Full Moon and get the fucking, you know, eight film Puppet Master Blu-ray box set. And it's like, motherfucker, I have my DVD set. Who you think you're selling this to? We all have that already. Yeah, I have that DVD set that they put out in like 2005, and I'll never upgrade it because I just don't need to. I didn't really, when we first recorded this, we didn't really think about it, but like, you know, we, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing to find no. because Connor and Sean don't 
own this film, uh, Robot Jacks, so they had to find it online. Yeah, and, like, you go to Google it, like, in a lot of cases, you can find where something is streaming. Relatively easily. Relatively easily. There's websites devoted to it, and, like, me and Sean are like, so are you getting anything but this movie is not available to stream? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even thinking about it, because I'm like, well, I'm just going to go down into the fucking video dungeon and, <laughs> and pop in that VHS, which I did. Yeah, he's just, I'm going to go pop that bookcase open and hop over the fucking stones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that whole thing plays, yeah. Considering how many obscure films we do, uh, generally speaking, this doesn't happen that often. Usually somebody has it streaming either for free or you just got to drop a couple bones. But this was like, mm -hmm. you know, not going to say where we found it per se, but it took a little digging. It took like uh, more than a couple minutes, put it that way. It's a dubious website. And it may be streaming on Full Moon, but I don't have a, nobody, none of us have a subscription, you know what I mean? And, and the thing is, like, I don't really like to promote that kind of stuff. I'd rather say, hey, here, rent it on YouTube or well, yeah. Tubi or buy the fucking Blu-ray. But also, as a side note, not only is this movie hard to find online to stream, but it's also incredibly hard to find, like, just to buy a copy of, from what I found. Well, Shout Factory put out the Blu-ray, but it's already out of print. Exactly. And you can't get it, it, it for, like, ridiculous amount of money, the Blu-ray. Yeah, I saw somebody selling it for, like, $85 on Amazon. I was like, I'm good. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? And I never upgraded to the blue because I just, I just missed that release sure. so i have the tape so i watched my vhs copy but like it's just astounding to me how hard this film was to get a hold of and watch like it just sounds ridiculous right meanwhile which i haven't seen it it has barbara crampton in it so it's probably at least good robot wars kept popping up for me yeah and some places listed it as a sequel and some places were like well it's not really i'm down i'll, I'll check it out but that's what i kept getting on my google searches yeah <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, hard movie to find. And there's also two different cuts of this film, which I believe you guys watched the completely unrated, yes. uncut version. Now, when this film was released in theaters, it was released under a PG cut because they were marketing towards children, which subsequently came out with the epic films Paramount uh, VHS, which was cut to a PG. Now, when this film was released, it, it did have a DVD and and again, like we said, the Shout Blu-ray, it's the PG-13 cut, which we will get into as we walk through this. There's a few scenes, a few key scenes that uh, that have been chopped out that I did not see on my VHS, but the uh, the guys saw on their cut, so we'll get there. Yep. I understand that you're trying to like market this to kids, but I really don't think the cuts that were made were necessary, especially at that time. For like, I mean, when I when I think about the stuff that we grew up watching, like. Those cuts are negligible to me. Yeah, I can see I can see harsher stuff in Willow. I, I, exactly. Well, that's I was literally just thinking about that, Connor. Exact same movie. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> or, or even uh, Crawl. I was gonna say, but Crawl might have actually been rated R, so I didn't want to throw it out there. Because that movie has some fucking scenes. Like the alligator movie? The new one? No, Crawl, like with Liam Neeson and the, and the fucking... Uh, oh, Crawl. <laughs> I thought you said Crawl. Oh, no, 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 no. God, imagine that. A bunch of alligators in like a medieval fantasy. That swamp scene would have played out very differently. Oh, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Even like fucking Masters of the Universe, dude. Like, Oh, yeah. So obviously produced by Charles Band. We already talked about that. But uh, the score is by uh, Frederick Talgorn. He hasn't done too much, but the score here is fucking amazing like i really really like the score to this film yeah i liked it more on a second viewing believe it or not the first time like i thought it was fine but it didn't su like super stand out to me but the second time i was like you know what 
is pretty damn good. Yeah. The first time, I remember it be like the times where it got really punchy. Um, it was so effective it started making me laugh. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's no surprise, but Gordon was like heavily inspired by Transformers while coming no. up with the story of this film. <laughs> yeah. So it, so Gordon writes the story, and then it's it's adapted into a screenplay by Joe uh, Haldeman, and they end up, like, not seeing eye to eye on this. Haldeman's like, well, I want to write something that is, like, a really good, like, drama spe- sci-fi feature, right? And Gordon's like, yeah, well, we're going to sell toys, and we got to market it to the kids. <laughs> and, and he's like, and so they were butting heads a lot about that. But... I feel like the balance in this film, I mean, not to go and not to get into like final thought territory, but like the balance of drama and comedy and like levity in this, I think is very good. And that happens a lot in Gordon's films. I feel like even like when you watch reanimator and from beyond and stuff like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a different, it's, he's working with a different writer and forgive me, I forget his name on from beyond and reanimator, but it balances that horror and comedy there where the dramatic moments are dramatic and horrifying and the comedy moments are funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the comedy in reanimator is like, if your guard is down, there's be parts of Reanimator that really knock you on your ass because there's some jokes that land really fucking well in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. And even in this film, and it's a little different because this is more like action set PC kind of... Um it, this is like a more like political movie. I feel like. I mean, have I mean it? Obviously, it is. Eighty nine, <laughs> Cold War. Anybody? Yeah, we're yeah we're getting to some fucking Cold War vibes here for sure. And I think that's what it. I mean, that's what it plays on regardless. And that was the intention. Sure. I mean, look at look at like a uh, Rocky Four. That's that entire movie. Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna be talking about that. <laughs> don't don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky ends communism. Yeah. <laughs> and just like Achilles ends communism, so we'll, so we'll 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 get there. <laughs> Just makes the same speech, and people are like, "Did you copy this from somewhere?" <laughs> if I could change, anybody could change. I don't know. You know, they killed the uh, killed Apollo. I gotta go fight for my countries. And then Ivan Drago punched me, and I fell a bunch on top of some uh, some fans in the boxing arena. <laughs> I killed a bunch of spectators, uh, whatever. <laughs> I landed on him. Hey, yo. I put a glove on top of an RC car and I drove it over him and punched him in the face with it. <laughs> uh, Sleepy Frank was a boxer before he <laughs> Oh, man, probably, yeah, he was. <laughs> before or after, which one, you think? Well, the thing is, like, he doesn't kill Ivan Drago, so he just falls into a sewer and becomes the Punisher. <laughs> He punches him right into the fucking sewer. Another direction, you know, because Drago comes back in the, the, I think the second Creed movie. I feel like it was a Kami, like from in Piccolo situation from Dragon Ball Z, where they split like one evil side, one good side. <laughs> one's one's a pretty laid back father, the other one lives in the fucking sewer and paints his face with wax. Oh my god, he punched him in half. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but yeah, well, because eventually Drago, you know, mellows out, but originally he's a son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, he's like a fucking superhuman. He's a Tubi dude for sure. Yeah. Man, I like I like that version. He's basically like in the- he's he's gotten down like the Christian Bale angle where there's two Christian Bales out there just because of that um, that one movie, <laughs> the Machinist and 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 Reign of Fire Christian Bale. Yeah, just because of the prestige, we have that excuse of that there actually were two of them. That wasn't like some kind of movie magic. I just love the idea of uh, him getting punched down a sewer and being like, "All right, well, this is how it is now. Like, I'll just live down here." <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to put a beer bottle on an RC car now. Here I go. This is my lot in life now, I guess. It's my calling card, putting shit on an RC car. <laughs> uh, pizza's here. 
Ah, it got delivered on an RC car. No anchovies, <laughs> right? Pizza guy. <laughs> just fucking gets shot up. He's fucking looking in a mirror in the in the in the sewer like it's all broken and shit. And he's just like taking a stipple sponge and like putting his fucking beard on as he's like narrating. He keeps sending sternly written notes to Ninja Turtles, like just keep the noise down. Now that's a movie we'll never get, Connor. That me and you have just created in the moment. The Punisher teams up with the Ninja Turtles. Oh man, Punisher and Turtles versus the fucking uh, Shredder Army. Yeah. Could you guys keep it down? I'm trying to listen on a fucking can phone. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michelangelo's just doing circles on a ramp in the fucking outside his prey area. Stop playing tequila at four in the morning. They're playing tequila and they're fucking dancing around. Dobby's there dancing with the shoes on. He's just fresh, just moping. Like, Punisher dude's got 30 seconds. Punisher just shoots Dobby and they're all like, dude, the hell? You guys like Dobby on your pizza? <laughs> You think you start eating him? <laughs> <laughs> the Ninja Turtles are, are fucking ravenous in this universe. They're good guys, but they'll eat anything. So you guys want to plot crunch this? Sure. So we have these two superpowers that we've kind of hinted at already, which are the American market and versus the basically the Russian confederates oh yeah the fucking soviet union <laughs> yeah, more or less the ussr and uh it takes place 50 years after a nuclear war and uh war is banned but we have giant robot fights to uh decide who gets what territory and uh the movie is kind of about those pilots that uh fight these uh combats deciding the fate of their uh side of the of the not war i guess and uh can't really say much more because then we'd just be talking about the movie, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, um, much like uh, real life, where we where we send in people to fight for right whose dick is bigger. Yeah, we settle all of our disputes by sending in Metal Gears to just kind of take care of business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a side note, by the way, uh, Leonardo, just another answer to that question. I was gonna say Optimus Prime, but he's not really a mech to go against the Gundam. But I think maybe uh, one of the Autobots could uh, put up a pretty good fight. Just side note. Are they even American? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hasbro. Is Transformer is Transformers strictly American? Um, I mean they have like anime series now, but I'm I'm talking like, you know, original like eighties Transformers. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bumblebee, Optimus. Maybe that's why Gordon and What's a Face were both uh, butting heads because one was like a Gen 1 guy and one was like a Gen 2 guy. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm shouting from the rafters, Beast Wars was good! <laughs> What's with that metal polar bear? I don't get it. Just wanted to throw that out there for you, Leonardo. So yeah, so we opened up the film with the with this VO, and this guy's like, "Here we are in Siberia, and there's there's a thing. There's these guys called robot jocks, and they pilot these." Gunnar Hansen's giving the intro speech. It's been twenty. <laughs> it's been twenty years since World War Three. It's been twenty years since they dropped your bombs. War is bad. <laughs> So we don't do it anymore. We don't do so we fight robots together to for land. That's how we do it. We stole another idea from the Japanese. Those goddamn Japs. We blew them the hell up. <laughs> Jesus Gunner is what that's basically what this movie's saying is that America and Russia are the only ones that survived this Holocaust. Yeah, well they're like the two superpowers, right? I mean, unless, like, you know, down the road, like twenty miles is Libria, and that's, you know, because, you know, 
As we talked about in that episode in uh, Equilibrium, uh, there's like that bombed out area around the town. And, we, you know, they, they kill people that go out there, but we don't know why they kill people that go out there. Yeah, and Godzilla is in full force uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, all the fucking kaiju have awakened. That, that's really why we don't see Tokyo. They're, they're dealing with him the entire time. Yeah, that's the thing. They're just like, yeah, let them deal with the fucking robots. But that doesn't make any sense because Japan probably has counter gigantic robots. Right. Listen. You're telling me that America and Russia are the only two people with giant robots? <laughs> well, right. That That's the one thing that Pacific Rim stole from this movie that they improved upon. Uh, agreed. You know, Japan, you're right, though. They would be highly, uh, they, they would do well against uh, any kind of oncoming onslaught. They fought uh, three-headed dragon gods, uh, mecha godzillas, fog monsters, giant crabs. Giant enemy crabs, to be specific. Ape aliens, giant mantises. We're living the time period where their, their prototype Gundam has already been built. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. They have a fucking arsenal of Gundams ready to go already. I also like that, like, it's not really Russia. It's just, like, it's just nebulously Eastern European. Right. Headed by Russians. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because, like, both sides of this conflict have their stereotypes enhanced. Basically, their main people in charge, like, the the, the quote-unquote not Russia has, like, this Russian-as-hell fucking guy, and America has Tex Conway. The Confederation is strictly, like, white- Soviet guys with bleach blonde hair and the Americans are like a mix of like Japanese and black people and white people and you know Spanish or whatever it's very strange yeah when you really think about it it's like Starcraft only the south only the south made the space <laughs> right everybody in Starcraft has a fucking accent I tell you what fucking Texas is gonna get you I was a goddamn robot jock, motherfuck. So we're in Siberia, and uh, we're introduced to Paul Koslow, who is Alexander, who is like the uh, the heavy hitter on the Confederation side. My favorite character in the movie. I am Alexander. Hello. I am Alexander. Yeah, I am Alexander. I smoosh you like bug. I'm a German man doing a Russian accent. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, you stupid bastard. I'm going to step on you like Empire Strikes a Back. <laughs> Have you ever seen an old film from 1982? Watch this. Ah! Yeah, he steps on this poor bastard who's got a broken back. Remember Wedge Antilles. <laughs> Good night. Remember Luke's co-pilot he doesn't save? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's Wedge, isn't it? No, it's not Wedge. Wedge makes it to Return of the Jedi. It's, his name is like Dak or Dax or something like that. Oh, 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 Dak. Oh, yeah, Dak is dead. The old code for uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Americans are the market and the Russians are the Confederation. So they're having their battle and Alexander beats the market champion. I forget his name. A <laughs> guy who gets a memorial that's glossed over. Yeah. Oh, man, the newscast in this? We'll get to it. <laughs> so, so the guy's like, stop, Alexander, my back's broken. You won. You won. You, t you did it. And Alexander's like, I need judgment. Call in for judgment. And they're like, okay. And these guys. And these apathetic as fuck referees who, who who officiate these fights it's like this entity this 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 group that like is very like central in their opinions and they're very much just like okay uh well we're gonna be super fair and you know whoever wins you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll judge it right they're supposed to be like the neutral party in this conflict but also like yes the neutral party that's what i was getting at by being neutral they gain, like, power over these two uh, federations. They're the 1%, dude. Yeah. No, and, by the way, speaking of, they are all white men. They all are white men, and they're all in, like, black and white striped, like, referee 
jumpsuits. Yeah, like you know that thing Uncle Fester wears in the in the Adams Family movie. Just picture that, but it's white and black stripes like a referee. They're the uh, they're the neutrals from Futurama. <laughs> yeah. Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> so Alexander asks for judgment, and they're like, "All right, the Confederation wins. Please yield and hold your position, Alexander." And he's like, "Fuck that. Good night, goddamn market man." And he steps right on him and fucking kills him, and is somehow not disqualified. I had something in ear. I did not hear that. Is a tiny man talking? I'm in giant mechanical robot, uh, 200 feet in the air. <laughs> oh, whoop, finger slip. I, I step on him by mistake. Whoops. Sorry, I not hear transmissions. Kopuch. Sorry, I saw spider. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 10th spider you've seen during these fights, Alexander. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and this is like the first time of many times where like he they sh- the confederation should be fucking disqualified right but they're not yeah and they're just like they're just allowed to murder their opponents even though the fight is over and the refs are like all right whatever not our business they just fucking away like there's a fucking referee skiff back to our house is in the sky that only we're allowed to go to right to that fucking wizard castle baby right to elysium it cuts to alexander and he's like achilles you're next motherfucker and then it cuts to the news reporter and he's like, and that's what Alexander had to say about the fight. Um, so anyway. Also, this guy died. <laughs> also, this man was stepped on, but nobody really gives a shit. His remains are unrecoverable. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck it. They're jelly on the bottom of Alexander's mech's shoe. They scrape what they could off the bottom of the foot, but alas. Just a big toe. That's all they put in the coffin. <laughs> Put the fucking scrap metal in the heap and let's move on. So we're at the mission control, basically, of the uh, Americans. And we meet, like, all the other main characters. Specifically, this character, Tex Conway. Oh, shit, motherfucking Tex Conway's here. (laughs) My other favorite character of the movie, because it's a fucking cartoon. I'm a rootin' tootin' cowboy! (laughs) He sure is! He is Foghorn Leghorn working in, like, some kind of military complex. um, And, uh, you know, also a robot jocks. He is a literal fucking cowboy walking around with like a 10 gallon hat and he's got like a fucking sweat towel over his shoulder the entire film with this robot jock sci-fi jumpsuit is he like the only southern man to survive this whole ordeal yes it's like the reverse of starcraft that connor was talking about yeah yeah that's why he leans into it so hard yeah (laughs) michael aldridge is playing tex by the way tex conway motherfucker. They're like, where are you from? He's like, Texas. And someone's like, fuck you, you're from Florida. <laughs> no, I'm not, <laughs> goddammit. In the heart, Texas. I'm still racist, and I could be racist in Texas, too. Oh, God, we'll get to that. This motherfucker really, uh, a few times in this film. It's one of those things where, like, not that it's a progressive society, as we'll find out, but, like, everybody else is kind of just like, yeah, we've accepted, after the war, we've ex- kind of accepted everybody, except you. Sure. Because you're the only one making off-color racist comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. You're some kind of American fossil. What the fuck are you doing? Like- yeah, exactly. He's a living fossil, dude. <laughs> we also get introduced to uh, Matsumoto, who is basically like the tech guy who builds all the weapons for the mechs. Yep, played by Danny Kamakoma. From uh, Karate Kid 2. Yep. He played uh, Sato. He was like the guy going against Miyagi in the beginning of the film. And, uh, like, they hated each other, and that was, like, part of the reason why Miyagi left Japan. And then by the end of the film, like, I think Miyagi saves his life or some shit. You know, it's been a while since I've seen it. And then he turned over a new leaf and started designing robot jock equipment. <laughs> right, yeah. When Miyagi showed him the way. <laughs> showed him the way. Wax on, wax off, baby. You know, that's just a little concentration and uh, self, self-centeredness. self Hey, you know, we saw that in action because the man's calm as a cucumber, making uh, paper cranes at his desk. He sure is. That's, his. That's like, his uh, stress reliever. He never rises above, like, a five. Like, he's... 
He's just constantly just neutral. He's very balanced. Yeah. And then we're also introduced to Commissioner Jameson as well, played by Robert Sampson. And he's kind of like, he's the head of the market. Oh, excuse me. Correction. He's played by James Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He fucking looks like James Cameron. He's a fucking dead ringer for James Cameron. It's distracting. Like James Cameron now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, yeah. Listen, I fucked up. We we were supposed to be on an alien planet plugging our fucking tails into things. But instead, you know, we're, we're here and we're making mechs. That was how we're supposed to talk and have sex. <laughs> you just hear Sam Worthington from off screen go, yeah! uh, Sam, Sam, it's not your turn in front of the microphone now. It's me, James Cameron, the director <laughs> of Avatar 1, 2, and 3, the highest uh, earning <laughs> film franchise of all time. Yeah! Sam! Now all I want to do is just like replace Sam's dialogue with him screaming in Avatar. Ah. Uh... I mean, it wouldn't make it wouldn't make anything he says more or less memorable. So, no, no yeah, would, dude, I think I've seen that movie twice ever, and I'm just like, I can't remember a fucking thing except flying on stuff and purple uh, cat people. That movie feels like a, a fucking weird mushroom-induced dream that I had a long time ago. I can't put it together. I, I don't know. I mean, like it's beautiful or whatever, but like that's as far as it goes for me. That was my cousin's favorite movie at one time and then i just never took his opinion about movies seriously again (laughs) no i mean you could take that unobtainium and shove it right up your ass yeah yeah i'm sorry like you can like that movie a lot but if that is your favorite movie you need to widen your fucking horizons yeah sure here's a movie called dances with wolves okay it's the same thing (laughs) already better it's much better Didn't even really sit there and have to think about it for long, did you? Did anybody kill themselves because they wanted to be Kevin Costner and like and live with the live with the Native Americans? Oh God! They were like, I gotta get to that utopia. Where's my two socks? <laughs> we also uh, find out in this scene that. Uh, Matsumoto comments that, oh, man, they figured out the tar pit weapon immediately. He's like, there's got to be a spy. Tex grabs his collar. He's like, what are you talking about? There's no spy. <laughs> God damn it, that's the problem with this place. There's all these fucking spies all around. You got damn motherfucker. I got I to gotta get step out real quick. Tex, why are you sweating? I, I had some hot Indian food for lunch. Leave me the fuck alone. Pass the macaroni and cheese and fried chicken. And give me an American beer while we're at There are none left. Me- <laughs> I don't want any of that foreign shit. I'm telling you, if we just built these goddamn robots with Ford instead of fucking Honda, we'd be on the top here. Uh, Mr. Tex, all we got is Foster's. It's Australian for beer, and even they won't drink it. Ah, fuck! God damn it. All right, I'll take the Foster's, as long as it gets me drunk. Do we, do we meet Achilles here? Yeah, so Achilles is also there, played by Gary Graham, and, uh... Tex is basically flipping out on the commissioner saying, Oh, yeah, we should have used Achilles. He could have beat Alexander. And the commissioner's like, Well, we're saving him for Alaska because uh, it's got oil and it's got a lot of uh, fertile ground that we kind of need to survive. So, yeah, he's our best pilot. We're going to save him. And Tex is just, like, flabbergasted. Yeah. Um, also, Achilles looks like the man who would go on to steal Billy Bob Thornton's uh, career. <laughs> And identity. He he could be you know the the, the uh, proverbial love child of Billy Bob Thornton and John Claude Van Damme because he kind of looks like the two of them fused and, and got stuck together. Oh my God, he does. <laughs> I didn't put the Van Damme thing in there. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was reading online that uh, Stuart Gordon was trying to get John claude Van Damme to play the role of Achilles, and it kind of uh, makes total sense. Oh, that would have been a wild decision. Also, it would have been really fun to watch him act out some of these lines. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
crash and burn. See, I, I can't do a good uh, John Claude. I must get into the robot jocks. Yeah, <laughs> crash and burn. He does that like that terrible dance from fucking what is it? Uh, First Blood. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, he yeah, because like like when he delivers his speech in Street Fighter about Bison, he's like, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch, Achilles. <laughs> He's Alexander? Yeah. <laughs> Every Alexander wannabe. Every Alexander wannabe is going to feel it. If he actually was cast and, and he was on the American side, because, again, Street Fighter clearly can show he could pull that accent off. Oh, yeah. Um, Him going against Alexander, just <laughs> accenting off against each other. Oh, my God. It'd be indecipherable. Just for side note, I love how in Street Fighter they're just like, yeah, fucking hire the French guy. Who gives a shit? Yeah. For the American role. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no, he makes no effort to not sound French as fuck. <laughs> yeah. At least Schwarzenegger tried with Predator. Like, you can pretty much, you, you can't tell he's Austrian in that movie for most of it. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing him too much credit. I haven't watched it in a while. Stick around. He sounds like this through the whole movie. I don't know what you're talking about. I gotta revisit Predator. Oh, man. I think with Arnold, you're so used to it that he could appear in anything. You're like, yeah, it's just Arnold. Like, it's just, it's, you know, whatever. We're gonna revisit this conversation come December because I'm gonna have words for that. <laughs> okay. I love, I, th- just the idea that the people in the movie aren't aware of Arnold's accent, but the audience is. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or what is that movie called? Unknown Origin? Of Unknown Origin with Peter Weller? Coming later this year uh, on a movie dumpster near you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Do you know I just forgot that we were doing that? Spoilers for the for the listeners, but goddamn, I'm so excited to do that because it's the Peter Weller film that's not fucking Buckaroo Banzai or RoboCop or fucking uh, Leviathan. You know, those are all great films, but I feel like nobody fucking talks about Of Unknown Origin. Sure. And I'm sure now that it's in the universe, everybody and their fucking mother is going to start <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, just because you said it right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're like, what about this movie Screamers? You're like, fuck, you took the other one. Oh, yeah, Screamers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of... Peter Weller, uh, me and my girlfriend recently watched like an old uh, documentary on the Aztecs on YouTube, and he was the fucking host, and he's like coming down the river on like a skiff with a stick. <laughs> and these are this bit, there's this fucking bathtub that was like chiseled into the earth, like at the top of a mountain, and he's like, Yeah, the emperor would have sat in this bathtub and looked over his empire, and then it like cuts, and Peter Weller is like sitting in it like it's a fucking hot tub, like, what a view! Hi, I'm Peter Weller, and I'm pretty much Indiana Jones now. <laughs> That's basically how it comes across. He's like, yes, this was a very important ritual in Aztec history. It's like, Peter Weller, of all people, is telling me about Aztec history. Okay. Well, a big ritual used to be that they used to lay somebody down and then shoot their hand off with a shotgun. <laughs> Or they'd have uh, Cliff from uh, Cheers come in with a cutlass and just uh, totally fuck it all up. <laughs> It'd be pretty wild for someone to go from, like, seeing that documentary and be like, well, let's play some Mortal Kombat. And then Peter Weller's also the fucking narrator and announcer for that game, too. Fatality creep. So, uh... <laughs> Is that what he says at the end of the fucking Aztec ritual? I have no idea. That's just what I picture. The fucking Aztecs kill, sacrifice somebody just goes, fatality creep. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. Kotal Khan comes in. <laughs> Since he's basically just an Aztec fucking uh, ripoff. Oh, yeah. Sure is. So we cut to Gary Graham, like, boxing these fucking 
people in this uh, gymnasium. They're like doing a training. You mean embarrassing the fuck out of all these people in this place? It's like <laughs> ten people all fighting at the same time. He just schools all of them. Dude, he fucking straight up shredders these motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh my god, if he just sat down and just like started swiping, swatting them away. <laughs> one of the best deleted scenes from T M N T, the original, the nineteen ninety one. Yes. That they should have just left in. I don't know why that didn't make the cut, but yeah. Well, they had to get that scene with that guy that kind of looks like James Rolfe uh, stealing cigarettes. They had to get that part in there. <laughs> You mean fucking? Uh, that's fucking. Uh, that's that's Sam Rockwell. It's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right, isn't it? Regular Amento. Yeah, as the actual Sam Rockwell, everybody. Not the angry video game nerd. Clearly. <laughs> Could you imagine if James Rolfe was handing out cigarettes in there? <laughs> That's a visual with the Cinemassacre hat on. Oh, man. Holy shit. Trying to make a movie here, folks. Gotta gotta raise some money. Cinemassacre's listening. Y'all need to do fucking TMNT and do some fucking scenes like that, because that's yes. fucking classic. I would love that. Go play. <laughs> Have fun. Tatsu, everybody. Anyway. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we're introduced to um, Anne-Marie Johnson as Athena in this scene. Yep. Um, and the rest of these uh, humans that were created from test tubes as, like, kind of superhumans to be the future of robot jock pilots. You know, instead of making these machines fully autonomous, we're going to raise up a crop of superhuman beings. <laughs> right. To kind of just, just 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 dispose of in these fucking machines. Yeah, yeah. I was much softer on this group of people the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I was like, man, this is the best y'all can do because this is a bunch of, like, dumb <laughs> fucking just, like, sheltered yahoos are so fucking annoying and constantly up everybody's ass. That's all it is, though. Well, only one other one gets a damn name. Yeah. Uh, it's Athena and Sargon and Rest. I don't even remember Rest. <laughs> Well, did true. Sargon is notable because as this uh, little little uh, training session comes to an end, he uh, comes up to uh, Achilles a after he takes his helmet and his chest protector off and just starts punching him. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, hey, what the hell, man?" He's like, "Oh, the fight's not over." He's like, "Even in training, he fucking sucker punches him." And Achilles yeah. is like, "Motherfucker, you out of your goddamn mind?" He gives him one of those and then fucking just knocks <laughs> him on his ass. Some motherfuckers just want to ice ice skate uphill. <laughs> He just kicks the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And then, and then Athena is shown working out and also whipping their asses right afterwards. Yeah. Sargon is very much the Tay Diggs of this movie in that every time he goes to show up, like, and be like, yeah, watch how impressive I am. And he just gets embarrassed, like, every time. <laughs> Something I noticed, too, uh, that I didn't notice last time, all of their eyebrows are the same. So they have genetically modified these people to have all the same eyebrows. They're immaculate. I was going to say, the first time I saw this, I'm like, they all look like they were all, like, they all look ethnically the same. And I don't mean, like, yeah. like from the same, like, you know, race or ethnicity. They look like the same person. I think it's supposed to be the point. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're supposed to be clones. But also, like, they're, they're not genetically enhanced. They're just humans. Like, right. they're grown from a test tube. But they don't have, like, superhuman strength or anything like that or, like, advanced reflexes or anything like that. The only thing they're supposed to be devoid of is are, like, emotions. But even that proves to be not true. So it's like, what is the point? Like, you've just grown – like, you feel less bad about them dying because they weren't born of a mother and father. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah. Strictly raised to pilot these fucking things. And you could, you could even insinuate, like, they were, like, the, the clones from Star Wars where, like, they're just programmed to be a little more susceptible to orders and stuff. Stuff like that. Um, uh, let me tell you something. They're using the fucking genetics from Hayden Christensen because they all got fucking Padawan haircuts with the ponytails. <laughs> that bad haircut. 
Especially Athena's is is horrid. Dude. It's like a half flat top. They're all clone from a Padawan hair strand. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like, dude. They look like fucking uh Gozer with a ponytail. <laughs> well yeah, a rat tail, let's clarify that. Yeah. That is curled up and attached to the back of their head, so it looks like they have a circle on the back of their neck. Yeah, it's it no, but straight up, it looks like he they look like fucking Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones. Like all of them. Yeah, no, yeah. And and side note on that, that was just some bullshit Lucas stuff, to, so he could explain away while the clo- why the clones suddenly abandoned their allies. Let's be realistic here. Because they had a bad haircut. <laughs> Well, no, I, I meant the whole being susceptible to orders thing that Connor mentioned. Oh, but sure, maybe maybe they were like, you know what? The rebels gave us bad haircuts. Let's fucking kill them. Sure, order sixty nine. Let's do it. <laughs> Why do we all have short buzz cuts? This is ridiculous. <laughs> We all have the same accent, too, even though a clone wouldn't have a fucking Australian accent, but okay. Also, why is there an Australian accent in space? <laughs> That's my question. He's from Space Australia. You could say the same thing. You could say the thing, same thing about, like, an English accent, too. I will. <laughs> it's not English. It's villainous, or it's distinguished. A villainous? <laughs> yeah. Well, John Hurt, you know... Prime example of villainous in that in that scenario. Oh, there you go. Well, it is in a galaxy far, far away. Who's to say that he didn't, you know, fuck with that one too? I'm sure he did. True, true. You know, he he is time hopping and dimension hopping, hopping. You know, to places we would never imagine. Again, went into Mortal Kombat somehow to retrieve Garrus. So I'm not really sure what he's capable of. That's the missing puzzle piece. That's how fucking Palpatine came back. It was John Hurt. Just dropped him off. <laughs> He opened up a portal as he was falling down that fucking tube and just, like, dropped him on a pillow. He sure did. You know when fucking Anakin saves Obi-Wan in the fucking car? Yeah. That's the same thing. (laughs) Kurt fucking flew through a portal and he fucking... And and, uh, Sheev fell right into the fucking passenger seat of baby. That's actually a more concrete explanation than when we get in The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, JJ. There you go. Yeah. Oh! This is a surprise. I thought for sure I was dead. I, I'm back because I can't die. <laughs> it's in the books, dude. Don't You You gotta wait for the EU to come out. So yeah, so then Tex and Achilles watch Athena whip the rest of the recruits' asses, the rest of the tubies, and uh, Tex is like, yeah, you know, she'd be at the top of her class if she wasn't a woman. And you know, you know a woman could never pilot one of these things, you know, just because she's a woman. <clears throat> but, she, but she's a woman. She, don't, she belongs in the kitchen. She don't belong fighting men. <sighs> What's that girl doing so far away from a sandwich being made? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sticking around because when they get in the showers, they always strip right here. And I like to get a hard on watch, you know, get a little mahogany here. I'm going to throw a fucking hour in my mind. So we're introduced to um, Professor Laplace here, played by Hilary Mason, by the way. Who, who talks like this the entire movie? Oh, she's... Well, dude, she's the other good witch of the fucking South in the <laughs> MDU. Could you imagine her, like, creating, like, an army for, for the wizards, like, in the South, like, in a laboratory somewhere? Oh, my God. They're just really polite like, and like, kind of, you know, mousy. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, she's played. Uh, she's played by Hilary Mason, who is actually in in, in another uh, Stuart Gordon film. My favorite, my personal favorite Stuart Gordon film, Dolls. Um, she plays opposite uh, Guy Rolfe as his wife, and they kind of they're they're the old couple, old magical couple that owns this um, mansion that um, all the other characters kind of. Uh, have to seek refuge in because um, there's like a big storm. Excellent flick. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's probably the best horror, f- one of the best horror fantasy flicks that come out of the 80s. But anyway. Yeah, and while that storm is going on, they get, uh, you know, the doorbell rings and Keenan and Keller stand in there. <laughs> 
Uh, Michael Berryman, of course, answers the door, as we recall. Precisely. Oh, Teddy. Thanks for the ketchup. Oh, God, yeah, thanks for the ketchup ladies there. Oh, God, banana ladies there? Yikes. Oh, yes, she's walking out as they're walking in. (laughs) I can see it. I really can. Guy Rolf. Guy Rolf is just like, enjoy your doll, madam. Bye. Thanks for the banana. I'm going to be a puppet master in a few years. Yes, you could take that banana on your way out. <laughs> R.I.P., dude. Love that guy. Anyway, she's basically just like, hey, I'm creating super soldiers to, to pilot the robot jocks. Can you please come in this cup for me? <laughs> I need samples. I need samples, Wink. Granny wheels in. She's like, well, why didn't you say so? I'll help you out there. Come here, boys. Pull down those pants and give me the cups we're gonna do a little jack racking <laughs> take off your clothes that is granny in a disguise you can't convince me of anything otherwise <laughs> i'm gonna do some rob robot jerking right now she got haggerty to to make the skin suit you know because gunner doesn't do it anymore <laughs> man that old lady came down here and told me i had to make a suit for her because she was gonna go up she was gonna go to that that world where they fight robots or whatever I don't know, man. I just do what I'm told. Did you know she doesn't even need that wheelchair? She just stood up right in front of me. <laughs> she's like that guy from. She's like that kid from Stepfather Three. Psychosomatic. Gunner's just sitting there with his glasses on, doing a crossword puzzle. Like, yeah, okay, what, whatever you say, Haggerty. <laughs> hey, Haggerty, what's a what's a four-letter word for <laughs> mutilation? Allie Oates pokes her head up, like the dead silence from all the other wizards, and she's like, "It's kill. Kills the word you're looking for." <laughs> the cigarette he's like nobody listens to me <laughs> nobody cares what i have to say nobody cares about what i have to say and he like walks out of the room and they're like what you gunner like lowers the paper and looks around he's like hey did you guys hear something did, something, did someone leave the room there's just like a fucking cloud of smoke still hanging around <laughs> yeah <laughs> his exit call <laughs> He just, you know, I, I could just fix it. Haggerty doesn't even get up when he's aggravated. Usually he'll get up and walk away, but, like, when he's upset or embarrassed, he just poofs away, and there's just the dust clouds left behind. He lights up, like, three cigarettes at once, <laughs> and, like, it engulfs him. Disappears like Juno. <laughs> How do we call you? Yeah. That would be Haggerty. You can call me nothing. Just look for the elf. <laughs> the fucking elf, the, the bane of my existence. Um. So yeah, she asks for them to come in the cup and they're, and Achilles is like, why don't I just bend over Athena and do it the old fashioned way and make a direct deposit? <laughs> and then they clink glasses, pretty much. Yeah, dink. We go to like the mission control again and Tex is giving an explanation to all the tubies how they do their job. Explaining, you know, it's not just the pilot that does the fighting. There's a whole comm team. And him and Matsumoto are kind of just answering questions that these uh, tubies have about the operations day to day. Yeah, and this is great, too, because this is when Athena... Now, I love Athena's character, by the way. She's my favorite character, I think, in this film. Yes. Um, She walks up. And she's just like, uh, excuse me, sir. And he's like, well, you can call me Dex, little lady. And she's like, great, my name's Athena. Anyway, and he's like, all right, fuck. By the way. Yeah. (laughs) And she's just like, hey, uh, so I was going over the video where you, like, won that match against that new robot that you shouldn't have won, where you shot it in the exact space where its weak point was that was about the size of a quarter. (laughs) And he's like, it was a lucky shot, little lady. I was there. And she's like, yeah, that's kind of fucking impossible. So I was wondering what your strategy was. And he was like, like I said, it was a lucky shot, little lady. And then Matsumoto's like, motherfuck, she's right. Yeah, well, right, yeah. Because he's already implied that something's not adding up in the previous several fights where the enemy always had, like, 
information on their new special move or, or weapon rather every fight yeah it's even brought up like right in the beginning of Matsumoto's like god damn it like there's a, like another spy like another leak this is why we lost like it would it because it blocked against whatever the um some kind of tar weapon yeah whatever the secret weapon was it knew uh, or the confederation knew that they were fucking gonna use it right how to block it yeah exactly and that's why that's why Alexander's won the fucking nine robot jock fights in a row yeah once he wins 10th he can merge the realms <laughs> Might as well. I'm going to merge the realms now. <laughs> I want to see Shao Kahn in one of these fucking things. You know, he'd probably have it like, he'd make it look like himself, but have the big fucking Shao Kahn skull helmet in the mech. Oh my God. He just has like a big plankton hat on. <laughs> Here I come. So, so Matsumoto, even though he's kind of not, you know, he's he's smelling Texas bullshit, he still defends him. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Experience and luck do factor into it. So you always got to consider that in a fight. And uh, after he says that, you know, Tech stops swe- sweating profusely like that Jordan Peele uh, meme. We-, we see that Achilles is actually suiting up for his fight against Alexander for the, you know, to gain the territory of Alaska. Yes. And like, is- isn't there like another newscast here? Yes. Where Alexander's like, I have already killed you, Achilles. Right here. And he points to his head. <laughs> see Kenshiro from fucking Fist of the North Star. You are already dead. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the <laughs> The fucking announcer guy's like, and, and that's what Alexander had to say, and uh, we're going to fight some robots today, guys. All right, I hope you all made your bets, uh, you poor motherfuckers. Enjoy your dirty, filthy air. Let's go to our bleacher bombs, Jeffrey Combs and other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now to you, Jeffrey Combs. And Jeffrey Combs is like, ah, I'm a, I'm a spectator that's betting on robots. Uh, still not understanding how these spectators or the pilots or the way this world works goes from one place to the other, but hey, we're all in Alaska, I guess. No. Or are they just fighting for Alaska, but they stay in one location? I'm still kind of fuzzy on that detail. Uh, well, we're directly fighting in Siberia in the beginning of the movie, but this particularly is fighting in this arena, wherever the fuck we are. Death Valley? Yeah, Death Valley for Alaska. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Because like, you're going to transport all these fucking people for this shitty fight? Yeah, no. I was going to say, you, they really hate those spectators then because they put them in these big, giant, like, oblong, bizarre bleachers that are covered in giant glass panels in the middle of Death Valley. <laughs> no, Look, nobody cares about these people. No. How are they not just microwaved by the sun? Well, right. That's the, They only lived to, like, 40. Yeah, <laughs> they only lived till 25. So... <laughs> Yeah, Jeffrey Crumbs was only he was actually 21 in this shot. Yeah, right. I just want to break this down real quick of this society before we keep going because I think it needs to be said. Yeah. We are post World War 3. We uh, a lot of humanity has been wiped out, but the the ones that have been that are left have been reverted, right? People can't read they all look like fucking peasants from the Middle Ages with their fucking hats, with their little ties on the sides and shit. Yeah. They look like they're going to punch it at work in, like, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Like, they're all in the same fucking shit. Like, all, like the headbands and jumpsuits. Yeah. Well, like I said, think think about equilibrium. Think about Libria. Think about how those people were dressed on the outskirts that were going against the government. They were just basically wearing, like, what you stereotypically would see bums dressed as in movies, especially, like, in the 80s. Exactly. They don't, we come to find out, like, they don't eat regular food like because they don't have access to it and like here we are making bets now there's a giant machine to make bets <laughs> right on these fucking robot fights like a dr seuss device or some shit 
It's very explicitly labeled. Oh yeah, it looks like a. Fu- it looks like it was on the fucking killer clown ship. Right. Like there's like two buttons, and it's like, and the guy's like, I'm gonna go place my bets because the you know that same newscast. This fucking dude that comes on like from the, who's the guy from Star Trek? Captain Pike comes on, and he's like. <laughs> Well, there's a spe- there's a special uh, uh, special weapon that's on the market side that's gonna win, and the fucking dude next to Jeff comes is like, "Oh my god, you hear that? A new weapon!" And so he's like, he goes and like places like another extra fifty fucking four to one odds on fucking Achilles. Here's two things about that. One, clearly everyone knows about this already, and Matsumoto and the gang are are like super surprised when when this is used and is known about. Mm-hmm. And two. Every fucking fight they have a new weapon, so why is this new information? It took you nine times? Now we're on ten. This is the tenth fight. It took you nine times to figure this out? Right. And, like, Matsumoto's even like, yeah, they knew about it, and they've had to know about it. But, like, he doesn't take any steps yet to do it until after this one. Well, because, you know, this is uh, this is Achilles' last fight. Everything lined up. Stars fucking aligned. Yeah, I guess so. And then Matsumoto's, like, finally, like, fuck this shit. It's like, like they knew about it, but hopefully when we get out there, they just won't know about it. Well, they'll know about it, but they won't know about it. <laughs> so uh, so then we cut to uh, Gary Graham, like, suiting up and fucking fist bumping everybody with the thumbs up. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Peace be with you. <laughs> Peace be with you. Body of Christ. Is that what you're implying? Exactly. Body of fucking uh, hurt, man. He Even when he gets in uh, his uh, pilot seat, the cockpit here, he gets a little tap on the ass from the technician. He sure does. That comes back in a big way later. It's, it, it does, believe it or not. Just real quick, they fist bump each other, all the robot jocks, with like their thumbs up and like, you know, crash and burn is essentially like break a leg, right? Because they don't want to wish each other luck because it's bad luck, yada, yada, yada. Before, Right before every fight, uh, Achilles' um, family calls him and wishes him luck. <laughs> And Tex is like, God damn it, I don't know why your fucking family calls every fucking time. Like, you know, it, you know, don't they know that wishing people luck is bad? Like, you fucking stupid ass. Don't you think giving the enemy information on your pilot <laughs> that could potentially kill them and make you lose would be bad? Uh, that's bad luck. And Gary Graham's just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. By the way, I found this archive of a show called the Alex Jones Podcast. <laughs> Listen, all the frogs are gay. That's why we've been losing every round. They made the frogs gay 100 years ago. Them goddamn post-apocalyptic nuclear the nuclear fallout's making everybody gay, and that's why we're losing the robot jocks battle. In fact, the nuclear fallout is a hoax. There was never a nuclear war. They just told us that to mind control us. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. You walk around with a mask like a damn sheep, but I'm walking around with that one. I don't got radiation poisoning. <laughs> I'm going to inhale all those fucking shards. Meanwhile, a Geiger counter starts going off. <laughs> What's that? What, you, you, we got a PKE meter or some shit? Was it that 5G shit I heard about? I'm gonna inhale all this fucking nuclear dust and die. Literal vampires. <laughs> Attacks the fight. Huh? I'm not a fucking spy. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so Gary gets in his uh, in his mech and it's very Pacific Rim. Like, oh yeah. I'm sorry, Guillermo, Guillermo, but like you fucking crib the shit out of this movie. Like, Gary even says like we have union when he's, like, kind of lined up with his robot so that the robot mimics his movements. Let's not even kid ourselves. Guillermo had a notebook out while watching this movie and was, like, pausing it in between scenes. He's like, yep, that's good. That's a good one. (laughs) Writing it down. This is gold. I'm going to make this later. It's a copy of the script. He's just, like, crossing words out and replacing with his own. (laughs) Jaeger. But, yeah, so he he has union with the robot, and he's able to, like, move around in it now by using his movements. I want to say it right now. These cockpits are fucking death traps. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. These cockpits are, f- like, I'm watching them, like, there's, like, 
first of all, especially when you're engaging like melee combat with one of these things, and you have all this fucking room, and you're essentially standing, and you're being restrained by what's basically just like a metal hinge or like a cuff or something. I feel like one punch to the chest of this thing, and it's like being in 15 car wrecks. Yeah, because like they have like this apparatus hooked up to their back, right? To kind of like crane them into position, so they're like floating kind of yeah and then they have like this map they have like this fucking dance dance revolution map beneath them that they use to fucking (laughs) move the feet around and then they have like these boxing gloves to use the arms but essentially yeah they're suspended in this fucking giant room this megazord room yeah with plenty of room to fall and it's funny like to connor's point you would think they would just immediately you know aim for that fucking uh glass cockpit but uh (laughs) yeah just a little little human right there in plain view and even one of these robots let's just shoot the fucking laser through it they uh surprisingly don't (laughs) Throughout most of this movie. They should have used the same glass on those fucking uh, spectator booths, man. (laughs) Well, clearly, we're going to get to that. (laughs) Well, motherfuck those people, apparently. (laughs) For sure. So this robot comes out uh, in this glorious stop motion done by the amazing David Allen. Empire Pictures veteran and full moon veteran they're gorgeous yes. all of the movements of these robots and all these robots like actually engaging each other in stop motion is, is fucking beautiful and amazing yeah and it's so fluid like there's like a couple of, like uh i guess like matting issues where like it passes across i think the windows of one of the uh, the bleachers and you're like ooh, that looked bad yeah that's a keyed scene <laughs> yeah but like when the robots are just there by themselves like it's it's so good it looks like early cgi but without any of the jankiness or the blurriness or like that weird kind of just like solid texture look like they look really fucking good oh yeah man well it's it's uh stop motion practically perfected honestly yeah yeah well i i personally think like david allen was the contemporary um harryhausen sure for our generation he's amazing i mean besides phil Tippett, i i think david allen's the best or was the best yeah and we're talking about stop motion without the assist of cg right right not that like Kubo and the two string or like or like Link aren't amazing films, but it's quite obvious that they are uh, CGI enhanced. Sure. Oh, like the Leica stuff, like a uh, Coraline. Yeah. Yeah, all the Leica stuff. Now, it, no, I'm not saying that like that. That's it's not amazing, but it is assisted, right? Yeah, totally. Like here, you don't have any assistment. It's just the stop motion. So the second this mech starts walking, Alexander's already on the playing field and just starts opening fire, and uh, Achilles is getting like rocked around in his cockpit. And Tex is on the screen. He's like, "Well, boy, fire back." <laughs> He's gonna bombard you, motherfucker. Shoot him with some missiles. With your hand, your wrist uh, cannon. Yeah. And he's like, fuck it. Go use your goddamn secret weapon. And so he shoots Alexander with this fucking, like, green laser, and he just blocks it. Yeah. Like, no problem. Well, the thing is, Matsumoto tells him to use it early because he's afraid it got leaked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tex, like, wigs out. He's like, you you wasted it. He's like, now we got nothing else to use. I say, I say, I use the best weapon first. <laughs> Matsumoto's like, fuck, he blocked it. And Tex, like, throws down his hat. He's like, goddamn full of spies. That's what happened. That's how he knows. Picks up the hat after he throws it down, puts it on his head. An entire fucking, like, bucket's worth of water just covers his face from the sweat that was piling up inside it. Oh, yeah, man. He fucking takes that hat off. There's, like, a little, another little man inside the 10-gallon hat. Who? who? (laughs) Dobby, dude. Oh, okay. Can Dobby come out now, Mr. Tex? 
You shut the fuck up, elf. God, imagine that. How smelly that would be. Poor Dobby. He really has a wretched life. <laughs> He's a spy, dude. He, like, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, true. He's got to get his information any way he can. Yeah. Other- otherwise, he's going to be shot. I mean, if I was Dobby at that point, I would just let Haggerty take me out. I wouldn't want to do this job anymore. Well, he's got to figure out where to get that chunky chicken from. And Tex is the only guy, obviously, in this po- post-apocalyptic future that has the lead on chunky chicken. <laughs> and Dobby is just going to the wizards like, why don't we just go to another part in history? Why do we have to go to this one? <laughs> No, because this one's more fun, motherfucker. Go down there and hide in that fat man's hat. We like watching you get killed for treachery. <laughs> this this is a really... I, I'm really enjoying this one. Every time Tex outs you as a spy and they just shoot you on sight, it's fantastic. This is like a choose-your-own-adventure, and I choose you, motherfucker. Now go down there and do what I say. I wonder if eventually we'll just get, like, hardened Dobby, where he's just, like, immune to the pain of the bullets. He just, like, takes it and just, like, owns it. Oh, man, he stops it with his hand and then redirects it? Yeah, he goes full... Uh, Neo, Neo Dobby. He goes full Neo, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wakes up. He's very much, uh, he's very similar to the character of Helpy from uh, Tigtone, who's, I think, in that show, his his ability is that he can just regenerate, but Tigtone constantly uses him as some, like, living utility. <laughs> oh, my God. He'll, like, zip line by punching a hole through Helpy's head and then putting the rope through his mouth. <laughs> You see Dobby like break out of like a fucking I don't even know what like a liquid filled pod. He and he comes out. That's how he gets sent back to the material plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's part of the Charnatrix. <laughs> wow. Ah <laughs> oh, no. Is the Charnatrix a never ending just like valley of chicken, uh, you know, chicken restaurants? <laughs> you betcha, man. But he goes in and they're all sold out. Like that's his, <laughs> that's Dobby's hell. For a brown wizard who is supposed to be like protecting nature, uh, he really has some advanced scientific technology kind of magic that he's that he's using on Dobby. Dude, he fucking spins that crystal ball and then just stops it with his finger. And he's like, okay, you're gonna go to this time period, and now you're gonna get the chicken from this time period. He just. Sends Dobby to like the Terminator Salvation like era, and he's like, "There's got to be one out there. You got to find it for me. I'm in the f- I'm in the mood for some uh, post nuclear chicken. Yeah, I'm in the mood for three day old coyote. <laughs> yeah, get it from Anton Yelchin. He's got some on hand. Anton Yelchin makes the best three day old coyote. You go get that, you little fucking elfin hooting. You won't have a problem finding him. He's with a man who constantly screams. <laughs> Just listen for the scream. You'll hear it. Watch out for the T-600s. What's that, Dobby? Uh, just get get your ass on the road. Nothing. Make sure when you see when you wave right at him. <laughs> Flail your arms like this. Do that snappy trick, you fucking dumbass. You'll be fine. That cake trick you did on Harry Potter's, uh, 10th birthday or whatever the fuck it- <laughs> It was the second movie. I don't I don't remember how old Potter was at that point. But that move, use that on him. That'll get you out of any situation. What's a movie? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. How do you know so much about my life? You know, in the Wizards world, it's like space balls. This stuff is both happening to them in, in, in real time, but also exists in a different medium altogether. Oh, yeah, they have a Mr. Movie, dude. He shows Dobby, like, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire on DVD, and Harry, like, Dobby has, like, an existential <laughs> meltdown. He's like... <laughs> What do you mean, Dobby exists on film? He shows him the Deathly Hollows part one, but just the end. He's like, see, Dobby? Here's your death. Right on tape. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's when you woke up in the Charnatrix. Now you're stuck with me. When will then be now? Soon. Now get the fuck down there and get my chicken. Go back to then. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gunner and, and uh, Haggerty are sitting like in the background like, 
Yeah, so he still got him going on this Trematrix uh, whole angle, huh? He's still believing this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's surprising. He's got him going on it for like a week. Like, you can't even tell which one's Haggerty or Gunner because they're so similar in, in inflection. <laughs> sort of. Connor has the best ha- uh, Gunner voice. Oh, you, you're very, very low, low energy stuttering. Just lots of... Just... <laughs> You got you got to be halfway to plumber, you know. That's a plumber, yeah. That lots of un- uncertainty, yeah. Where Haggerty's kind of, you know, this airy kind of like, "Hey man." And then Charnetsky's got that full-on well, fucking, yeah, yeah, "Hey yeah. you fucking, yeah." Haggerty always sounds like someone just hurt his feelings. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, come on. Just give me a job. You got to do this to Dobby. Just take him out quick. Shotgun to the head. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why are you gonna draw this out with with what you call that the charm the charmatrix? I I don't I can't even follow this anymore, Gunner. What the heck's a charmatrix? <laughs> Someone hurts feelings, or he's constantly just perplexed. What do you mean? <laughs> What's happening? I have no idea. Are you a goddamn Nazi or something? Gunner just turns up the TV on, like the TV grabs the remote, just. <laughs> Hires the volume. Uh, yeah, uh, what'd you say? I couldn't hear you over the TV, Haggerty. So, yeah. So, the referees disable all long-range weapons, and now they're got to fucking duke it out. Right, because they have, like, a long-range round and a, and a melee round as part of these combats. And Tex is like, come on, come on, boy. It's fucking clobbering time, TM. <laughs> that long-range round, though, is so, like, abruptly ended. Like, like it's like, pew, pew. The ref's like, that's it. No more. Like, Okay, you're finished. You're done. You're right, though, Joe. That he is straight up just... Just like, hey, I made I made a Fantastic Four reference. The camera even stopped on me, and I and I looked right at the fucking camera. Did you catch it? The thing. Roger Corman's uh, Fantastic Four is supposed to be coming out around this time, but it gets uh, shelved indefinitely. Yeah, I guess that kind of lines up, right? I think so. I think what was it, ninety two or nineteen ninety, something like that. Charles Band's like, you gotta get this line in. It's gonna, you know, Charles. <laughs> Uh, Roger Corman will see this and it'll be a hoot. So yeah, they go at it. Alexander like throws a fucking kick and and Achilles blocks it and like uh, Alexander ends up like knocking Achilles down and he goes to like stomp on him and like Achilles comes up and like cuts his fucking leg with like a plasma cutter or some shit and yes, Alexander's robot falls backwards and he in as he's falling he shoots this like rocket punch. Yeah, rocket fist. It's like it's like the old Godzilla toy that used to shoot the fucking fist out of it. Yeah. He fires a fucking long-range weapon, all right? <laughs> it's indisputable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he shoots this thing, and it, and instead of going for Achilles, it flies towards the spectators, like the the big booth. And um, Achilles, like, gets up and uh, blocks it, and it punches him in the chest, and he falls backwards directly onto the spectator box and crushes and kills everybody inside. And they made a point before this, while the fight was going on, to show some of the spectators, and you have all these, as they refer to them, bleacher bums, including, like, a small child with a teddy bear. Oh, lots of children. Yeah, it was, like the ubiquitous girl in the red jacket. Yeah. I also like the fact that if he had just let that fist hit the bleachers, probably would have killed less people. Yeah. Or it could have flew over it, for yeah. Christ's sake. <laughs> it just sails over on top of it everyone's like what is he doing what why is he falling on top of us what is he doing is he getting in front of it oh god no <laughs> oh no, oh, no. <laughs> hold on i gotta make sure that i killed everybody in this booth you're just accepting your fate at that point right like there's there's literally nothing you could do uh, no you're not even screaming you're just sitting there watching this thing fall well <laughs> apparently there are screaming people because we cut to hit this this fucking mech you know knocked out on top of this all these people and you just hear all this screaming and crying and uh, Achilles gets out of his mech 
and you see like this guy with his face all burned up screaming and you see like the teddy bear on the ground next to a hand that's poking out of some rubble and some blood on it. Okay, so those two scenes are not in the VHS cut. There's in the PG-13 cut that you guys watched, there's more uh, blood, like you see more blood on Achilles and you see that burned guy. Um, in the newscast. The, the, the Clint Howard stand-in? I'm invested! I'm burned! I was calling him the Toxic Avenger when I first saw him. <laughs> sure. So, in the VHS cut, the uh, the scenes of Achilles are, like, cut down, and then that burning guy is, like, totally excised from the newscast. Weird. It's a weird cut, too, because it doesn't seem... One, it's not very graphic, and two, if, like, cutting... I'll, like any of that out reduces the intended effect of this scene agreed but it's still pretty gruesome i mean they're they still show so- shots of like people dead and like kids dead and stuff it's not like razorback where they literally cut out the whole part where jake's head was ripped off and then you get to see worms and shit crawling out of his eyeballs yeah so we cut to this court hearing you know there's like the market in the confederation and then in the middle is is the um whatever the referees whatever you want to call it. i don't think they even get a name right sean no refs i think is the extent of what they're referred to as the refs yeah the one percent is there <laughs> the higher power yeah the one percenters yeah the hunger games judges are there or whatever right right and they're basically having this court hearing where like the commissioner from the market is like listen fucking there's two things here like the confederation fucking shot a projectile weapon in a round that was strictly melee and like no long distance weapons were supposed to be used so they should be automatically disqualified and we should they should forfeit alaska and we should get it and then he goes on to say like achilles like sacrificed himself or like tried to save those people but in the event ended up fucking killing them right and the refs are just like okay here's our decision uh we don't give a fuck that those people are dead, and we don't give a fuck that the Confederation shot a long-distance weapon that we don't think is long-distance weapon. So, fuck you. It's a draw. And then Alexander stands up like, yes! <laughs> He's like, one week, you are mine, Achilles! Right, because they make it so they have to have a rematch to redecide the match, and Achilles is like, I'm fucking retired! I'm not, I'm not fighting! What? I'm supposed to kill you dead, motherfucker! And uh, his whole thing is like, he, he fought ten matches. He shouldn't have to fight another one. Yeah. And... And uh, basically, the commissioner's like, uh, uh, get all these reporters out of here. Everyone leave. <laughs> and they they all skedaddle. And then the commissioner's like, my ass, you're not fighting. He's like, he's like, you didn't complete 10 matches. He's like, I started 10 matches. He's like, not good enough. You're a breach of contract. It's not over till someone wins. He's like, I'm not going to fight so you can go fuck yourself. And he's like, I can't read. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing that I wanted to bring up before. Apparently, like... The, the general population, the the bleacher bums, if you will, are, like, stupid. Like, they have no education system and, like, can't read the majority of them and stuff. And we kind of find that out here, too, where, like, Achilles can't read either. <laughs> but he's basically like, fuck you, I'm not stupid. He's like, he's like, I did my fucking contract. Right. And Commissioner's like, oh, shit. Uh, well, oh, I'll give you money. What do you say? He's like, man, I just want out. Yeah, like, he clearly did this as a way to probably support his family but he's over it it's like it's a super deadly fucking thing and yeah how many comrades has he lost and he and he feels bad that he killed all these people trying to save them yeah because it so here's that thing too where he he basically plays like a veteran right like somebody who gave his life right to to better the market i.e america and they just want to keep fucking draining this motherfucker till there's nothing left and i don't know it kind of speaks volumes yeah no i agree in this scene and kind of like the rest of his arc is kind of like that. In, in the words of Michael Corleone, they just keep bringing me back in. 
<laughs> Something like that. He goes back for kind of a ridiculous reason. Uh, we're going to get to that shit. Yeah. But when he's out, which we're going to get to, it's very like... Oh, yeah. Veteran that comes home from the war and like doesn't have a place to live and doesn't have any money and shit like that. Exactly. I fought for the country and they didn't give me shit. You know, all I got was his t-shirt kind of thing. And uh, after this news conference showing their decision of the referees... We go to Athena and Sargon and the rest of the Tubies, and the professor is like, all right, it's your time to uh, to, to fight. It was like, it came early. So she says that, and Sargon's like, yeah, he's a coward. He's a coward. And Athena's like, no, he's not. He's not a coward. He just doesn't want to fight anymore. And Sargon's like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, Athena, he's a coward. And they all fucking, like, high-five each other. And then we go to... Uh... <laughs> There seems to be a theme this season. We go to the Robot Jocks Bar. We totally go to the Robot Jocks Bar. There's, we're fucking kicking up that music. Fucking come darn peaheader in the fucking background playing <laughs> poker. This bar is aggressively 80s. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. It's down the street, clearly from the Clown Bar and and the Fetus Bar. Fetus Bar's downstairs, man. Oh, is it? Okay, it's one deck below. Yeah, nobody goes there though. Well, maybe. I think Alexander's down there. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I come back after drinking with fetuses. I I am I came back from drinking with the fetuses. They can hold their booze. They're underage and they're my kind of peoples. <laughs> oh my goodness! I like them young. So we're in the robot jocks bar and fucking uh so Achilles is at the bar and he's like, uh, I just finished H. What am I at? I or J or G? And he's like, no, you're on J. And he's like, okay, what the f- what's next? He's like, julep. He's like, give me a fucking julep. And <laughs> the bartender's like, uh, I can't serve you alcohol anymore because you're drunk. And he's like, I'll tell you when I'm fucking done drinking, motherfucker. And he's like, the bartender's just like, uh, listen, I'm going to have to hop this bar and beat your ass. And he's like, I'd like to fucking see you try. Fuck you. First of all, this fucking bartender would dismantle Achilles, okay? <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like a foot and a half taller than him. He looks like fucking Luke Harper from WWE. <laughs> he's got a snake tattoo. He's a fucking gigantic man. He's like, I'll make you stop drinking. Achilles is like, I'd love to see you try. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. Just picks him up and sidewalk slams him. Onto <laughs> <laughs> the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so Sargon and, and Athena come in, and they basically, he, she basically confronts him, like, what the fuck? Like, why did you retire? And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, it's none of your goddamn business. He's like, why did you, why did you retire? <laughs> yeah, basically, because he's fucking shit-faced. And they're both like, yeah, you should have just let those civilians die. They they knew what they signed up for. And he's like, huh. He's like, even you, Athena? She's like, oh, yeah, I would have let him die. He's like, huh, okay. I'm an asshole then, I guess, for saving lives or trying to. He's like, you guys are really fucked up, you know then? You stupid test tube fuckers. And then Alexander fucking struts in. Oh, ho, 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 is, is that Achilles? Oh, that little man. Oh, Achilles. I'm here to drink with you, you bastard. I just left the fetus bar. I just put them under the table. <laughs> I just ate pickled baby out of fetus jar. Rutger Howell was there. He had penis and vagina. Alexander is always in his robot jocks gear, no matter where he is. No, he goes to sleep in that. They're like his PJs. It's like Star Trek, where some characters are always in uniform and some just aren't. Well, <laughs> I'll fight you on train. I'll fight you on plane. <laughs> <laughs> would you box, would you robot jocks in a house? Would you robot jocks with a mouse? Would you, could you, if you will? Will you, could you, I don't know what I say, but will you fight me? <laughs> in, a, in a robot jocks only. That rhymes, right? No. So Alexander comes into the bar and he like 
gets like some vodka and he's like shooting some vodka. Because he's Russian. Because he's, get it? Because he's Russian. And he's like, oh, you get drunk now, Achilles? And um, Sargon like comes up to him and he's like, he's like, hey, Alexander, I hope you're ready to fucking fight, man. And he's like, fuck you, I don't fight tubies. Get out of here. And he's like, yeah, well, next week, man, I'm going to fight you, dude, because Achilles is retired. So I'm going to fight you. He says some shit like, yeah, well, I'm going to make your death uh, interesting. Now fuck yourself. Pretty much. This fucking dude, Sargon, goes up behind him and, like, grabs him by the shoulder. And he's like, you touch me? <laughs> and he fucking grabs him by the hand and, like, breaks his hand. Well, that's Sargon's patented move. He doesn't ever come, you know, face-to-face with people. He's always got to, you know, sucker punch. Sucker punch him, yeah. Got to go up behind him. I'm better than you. Let me punch you while your eyes are averted. But before he grabbed Alexander, he said, mind the uniform. We'll be wearing it for a long time. And then Alexander cuts his face off. <laughs> Well, let's be realistic. Like you said, he never takes that uniform off, so, you know, he likes to keep it clean. He pees in it? I think so, yeah. In fact, as we find out later, they're all naked under there anyway, so. <laughs> they are. They must have, like, good insulation, right? Uh, yeah, and I hope that zipper doesn't go down too far. Oof. It's gonna catch your fucking Franken beans there, dude. Gonna have a, uh, there's something about Mary's situation going on here in space. In, uh, not space, the future. I don't know how Alexander got the beans above the Frank, but he sure did. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. As Alexander's breaking both of Sargon's fingers, uh, Achilles comes out of his drunken stupor and just, like, kind of, like, ruffles uh, uh, Alexander's jacket. And he's like, shakes him off. And then uh, Achilles is like, let's go! Let's, let's go right now! He, like, drunkenly, like, hammer fists him. You also touch me. Yeah. He's like, come on, Alexander, let's do right right now. He's like, I fuck you. Even if you are sober, I not fight you here. I don't fight for fun. Yeah, he goes, I, I, he's like, do you fight for free? He's like, seven days or not at all. Yes, Saturday or none or not at all. And then, like, Achilles has this Richard Stanley-ass fucking dream where it's, like, all these... It's, like, flashes uh, and in, like, inverted colors of, like, previous scenes of, like, the fist flying out and, like, him falling on the audience and people dying and shit. It's seizure-inducing for sure. Yeah. He just wakes up Johnny Rotten and, like, the rest of Public Image in his room just, like, hitting synthesizers the whole time. <laughs> this is what you want. This is what you get. <laughs> And then he wakes up, you know, in a cold sweat, and he's like, oh, oh it was just a dream. <laughs> yeah, a dream, then a dream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he wakes up to Anakin Skywalker sitting next to him. <laughs> oh, God. I examined your body, master. I took a look at your lightsaber, master. No, it's Athena, but she's got that bad haircut. <laughs> I, I stroked it into with his cup. The professor asked you to uh, fill up, and you never did, so I helped you out in your sleep. <laughs> I, uh... You know, I gave you a little uh, help there. I robot jacked you off into the cup. <laughs> Two pumps into a cup. <laughs> Actually, I brought this starfish in and it helped me out. It was an extraction device. It was found at the bottom of the well after the after the bombs were dropped. It starts giggling and just like rolls out of the fucking room. It was like it's like Firelink Shrine from Dark Souls. It's like just this one structure amidst all this debris. <laughs> like, <laughs> well. I mean, we don't know if John Hurt placed it there as some kind of cruel irony or if it really was just there the entire time. Like, you know, again, GVD got this back at some point, but uh, nobody said she held on to it for long. That's true. It, it keeps bopping around, you know. Everybody wants to fuck that thing. It smells like leprechaun. Yeah! Throws out the fucking window. Tastes like mint. I don't understand. It, it's green and it smells. What did you do to my fucking starfish? <laughs> <laughs> it's tainted. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, it's not Anakin, it's Athena. Right. And she has carried she has carried uh, Achilles back from the bar and like put him in bed and stripped him naked. And he's like, what happened? She's like, uh, I brought you home. And he's like, did we 
what happened? And he's like, well, I took your clothes off. He's like, yeah, I could see that. Um, why? And she's like, well, I was expecting your whole body. And he's like, okay, uh, I'm hung over as shit. I need some orange juice. <laughs> and then he does the old Nicole Kidman move from Batman Forever where he just walks around with a sheet tied around him for like the next five minutes. He ends up like falling on the floor and like whacking his head on like a shelf. <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck. I saw Corbin Dallas do this in a movie. <laughs> Oh, wait, they didn't come out yet. They must have robbed... Yeah, they must have seen this and done it in... I don't know the timeline on this one. Ian Holm is stuck in a fucking bed in the wall. Yeah. Shockingly similar, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So they're talking and, like, he gets, like, a cup of coffee or whatever. And she's... And he's like, so so you were looking at my body, huh? What'd you think? And she's like, well, I didn't find anything special. He's like, thanks. (laughs) She's like, what makes you so great? Because the reason she's there and, like kind of scoping him out and shit is because she's like enamored with him because he's like this big robot jocks champion. And that's why she even asked Tex earlier in the movie how he won uh, at the end of his career. Not not to call him out. It was more like she just wants to be the best robot jocks pilot possible. So she's trying to glom as much knowledge as possible. How come you didn't come to my room and strip me down? <laughs> well, yeah, Tex would be in fucking heaven over that one. Oh my god. But if you can find it, little lady. Be careful. I tend to uh, perspire. Um, so yeah, so she's so she's basically just like, uh, you know, she, she was like trying to study him. She's trying to figure out what makes him the best, and he's just like, luck right. is is has a lot to do with it. And she's like, ah, the luck is circular, okay, Gary Graham. You know, like you, you you're already lucky because you won ten matches. She's like, you know, you you know, so it's just confidence. And he's like, no, it's not just confidence. It's luck, confidence, fear for your life. And she's like. Fear. She's like, we were raised without fear. And he's like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens when you get one of those fucking robots, you stupid ass. And then here he's trying to, like, put his uniform on, but also not show his ass cheeks on camera. So, like, he doesn't put any underwear on. He just gets right in that thing. You get a little gram butt here. Yeah, just a wee bit. Just enough to get a little mahogany. The, the crack, yeah. You get a little half half wood? Half mast? Yeah, little chub. And he's like, I wonder how Alexander walks around in these things and just puts it on, no underwear or anything. I put my pee-pee inside this suit. Maybe they have a jock strap, uh, you know, built right into the fabric. He just sticks it in there's a little, little uh, pocket. Yeah, <laughs> robot jock strap TM. He's like, what do you know? It all just fits. It all just works. <laughs> Cut to Todd Howard. Yeah. <laughs> you see that mountain over there? You can go there. I design robot jocks. You see that penis right there? It can go in this suit. It can go in there. Any Peter fits if you try hard enough, Uncle Tony. <laughs> so, so Athena's like, um, yeah, she's like, I, I, you know, there's nothing special about you, the fear, the blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I was bred to not have fear, and I was bred to be the best robot jocks TM. <laughs> And she's like, you were, ju- you just happened. And he's like, yeah, that's what my dad used to say. And then she gets all pissed off, like Joe was saying, and says, essentially, there's nothing you can teach me except how to lose, so fuck you. And he's like, you know what? Get out. Yeah. You know nothing about me, but I'm never going to explain it either. Yeah, question mark. This conversation's been very non-productive for our, both of us. I'm going to scream at you in five minutes from now, go down to your training session, and leave you one of my prized possessions. <laughs> you actually had to be raised in a fucking laboratory, and I had to live in the fucking shit storm that's outside yeah no exactly that's very true actually because we go to this next scene again at the uh, training facility or what have you the gymnasium 
and they're doing like a yoga session while while Achilles turns in his gear and he's wearing this nice turtleneck sweater and uh, he's talking to Tex. He's like, yeah. He's like, who do you think's the best pilot? And this is where he makes his sexist comment about, well, it would be Athena, but she's a woman. <laughs> she's she's nice to look at, but that's about it. <laughs> Every the pilot would need to die before I consider her as an option. I, I mean, it sounds good on paper, but they don't have to get hit by a goddamn bus for me to consider the lady to be in the robot jocks. In fact, if it was up to me and she was the last goddamn pick, I'd get in the mech again. I got all the secrets anyway. I mean, uh, you know, I would just do it out of the kindness of my heart. <laughs> Ain't no way I could lose, motherfucker. So, uh, while they're doing this yoga session in the background, Achilles, like, hangs up his lucky undershirt. His lucky ascot, question mark? Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what this is supposed to be. Texas, like, ah, leaving your sweaty scent behind. I do the same thing. I mean, what? It helps, it helps him trust me <laughs> and smell my stink. And Athena comes up and they all strip down because... They're test tube, uh, you know, manufactured people, so they don't think about this shit, but they're all just stripping down nude right in front of uh, Tex and Achilles. Yeah, it's like the fucking Starship Troopers uh, locker room. Right, exactly. Denise Richards is in the corner. <laughs> taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go over there when she's done. No. You need some uh, poopery for that woman. Oh, yeah. She. Yep. Watch out for that one. She she always forgets to spray it. She's one of those people like you have it there laid out because you know she just hit Taco Bell up, but she just refuses to use it. Uh, sorry. I saw it was there, but you know it really came up on me. It crept out of nowhere. Denise, it's right on top of the toilet. How did you not see it? I had to unload. Sorry. Yeah, I. You know, if if the toilet seat wasn't down, there would have been a disaster on the floor. <laughs> oh my god. Athena comes up and she's like, "Huh? What's this?" He's like, "Well." Me and everyone in my, uh, platoon, uh, we, we had them, and it brought us luck, so, uh, you can have it. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I don't have a gift to give you, so I really don't know what to say. And he's like, it's a present. Just say thank you. And she kind of smiles and is like, thank you. And this is kind of like, ah... Uh, our first hint at this, like, forced romance that we get in the film, like, maybe the only thing that really grinds me about this movie. I don't think it's forced so much as it's just, like, nonsensical. Sure, yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily forced because they clearly are setting it up here in, in a few. It's set up, like, three scenes ago. All right. Yeah, it's also, it comes, like, it's, at, it's like, apropos of nothing, too. Like, they just, mm -hmm. they start like each other in the same well we already invoked anakin like the same way that anakin and padme do where it's like because the plot dictates it therefore they must sure and it's like you're what what is it you're like 15 years older than i am yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> two i think there's that dynamic and they don't have really i don't think they have good chemistry and like yeah a lot of this stuff like a lot of their physical interactions are really awkward so i could have done without this to be honest i mean she already has like this infatuation for him but it's not romantic right in a sense where it even makes sense with those characters because those characters aren't supposed to have that kind of emotion i mean gary graham even like calls her out multiple times throughout the movie like oh i guess you didn't feel anything or whatever you know what i mean it's like demolition man kind of you know we're still alone sort of yeah it actually makes more sense in demolition man not that i necessarily am comparing that to this hey yo i'm gonna show you how to fuck with an actual <laughs> dick well in that scenario from what i recall i don't think sandra bullock was a fucking test tube uh, uh person no but you know obviously the angle in that was that they're they, they don't bring emotions into their job or their society but this it just feels like it's just totally tacked on there so so yeah so we cut right to fucking gary graham hopping inside baby because <laughs> That fucking, that, John Hurt's car is just chilling on the street. Yeah, yeah, we, as, as far as we know, he was involved in the uh, rebuilding of this civilization. He left it there by accident, Achilles took it, 
the rest is history. Sure. Well, you know, once he, uh, you know, he departed from that salt flat that uh, Carl saw in his mind's eye from uh, Razorback we were talking about. <laughs> he traveled to uh, Death Valley and helped them build up the technology to create mechs. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think like he left his car there by accident and they like <gasps> they adapted the technology? I think so. Yeah, like like he thought it was destroyed, but they found it later. <laughs> yeah, and made like their own version of it. Because as far as we know, you know, I joke about the salt flat from Razorback, but like if we're talking about the MDU here, like at the end of Frankenstein on Bound, like he just ends up like in, in a post-nuclear like frozen wasteland, which, you know, if he doesn't die immediately thereafter, he uh, is clearly uh, working and in, in operating in that time period. Oh, yeah, man. Well, yeah, that movie also ends with like, I would say, like, one of the more interesting unexplored things is that he just he just finds a future society, just, you know, happens upon it. Yeah. Well, right. He goes to Epcot Center, goes on the fucking Captain EO ride. Yeah, and the movie's like, I am unbound, blah, 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 blah. and then it just fucking fucks off and then, you know, shows the credits in your face. And then John Hurt's going to all the little hubs of all, all the different countries, sampling all different foods and shit. I was in Switzerland an hour ago, and now I'm in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in Japan. I even got this cool mug. I'm having sushi and drinking sake. He's got fucking Mickey Mouse ears on all the time. Oh, he sure does. <laughs> I didn't even have to use baby for this trip. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Go fuck yourself. Do you still have Norway? Is that still a ride? I hope so. Oh, they turned into the Frozen ride. Damn it. Yeah, I, I always picture John Hurt as like like Senku from Dr. Stone, where he just retains this ridiculous amount of scientific information. So it's just like, you know, even though he's in a post-nuclear uh, wasteland, he knows how to build all this shit, so he just has to take the blueprints that are in his head to to someone with the material and has it made right on the spot. Oh, yeah. Even with, like, you know, like, primitive materials. Right, well, exactly. He, he's kind of got that MacGyver gene, too. Hurt is the reason why we have civilizations of lost technology. <gasps> right. Or civilizations worth of lost technology. Well, yeah, you know, you know people say that, uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to believe that the Egyptians uh, made the pyramids on their own. That would, that would make too much sense. It was Hurt, obviously. The idea that mobs of idiotic people have destroyed technology in different centuries and um, civilizations makes way more sense to me than us just kind of figuring things out now. We just keep reinventing the same things, right? I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, John Hurt would be seen as a god no matter what time period or dimension he goes to. He, You know, he's got the the knowledge and the power, as we discussed earlier in this episode, to... Uh... He's got a bag full of those watches he just dangles in front of some monkey's face. <laughs> Here you go, go get it, you primitive prick. I mean, at one point when he when he let his hair grow out, he went back to like uh, Jerusalem for a little while, and he turned water into wine, and he, and he he created all these fishes and bread and everything. Oh no! Oh, my God. oh no! And people bought you know bought it hook, line, and sinker. Oh my goodness! John Hurt on a crucifix? They didn't crucify him though. I you know body double. You know it's it's John Hurt. He could do anything. I got better. <laughs> He skipped out, and they and he's like, anyway, you know, he pinned it on Jesus of Nazareth. That's what I think. Yeah, but Jesus was such a nice guy, he couldn't like argue. He was like, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, it was all me. He's literally just a carpenter. He died for John Hurt's sins. Yeah, di- died for our sins. Meanwhile, Hurt's laughing away all the way to the bank. <laughs> this was just a side story for me. John Hurt, aka Joe Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a bow and just fucking hops in the car and gets out of Dodge. Another page in the book. <laughs> Write it up, you fucks. The Bible this time, believe it or not. Little do they know they're scribing my whole in- entirety. Like, we're giving him life. He's like, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, when people argue that he was Middle Eastern, ha ha ha, if only they knew. <laughs> 
I am very white. <laughs> he he was. So Achilles goes ends up going to his brother's house, and we get more glimpses of the um, society, society, and the community, the community in which people live in. And there's all like these uh, billboards for like uh, pregnancy, like they're encouraging people to have sex and, and procreate to like build up the human race again, which I think is a really bad idea. Well, do your part. Do your part, yeah, sure, but like... Do your part and get an extra bedroom. It's very Starship Troopers-esque. Yeah, we're in this position because of the amount of people <laughs> on the planet, right? And people wanting to control it. And and this is obviously a bit of a cliche now, where it's like if there's a post-apocalypse or some kind of world-ending event, you always have like this portion of the story that focuses on, well, we need to rebuild the population. Like, even Gears of War went there with the uh, Gears of War 4, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you can, you can, uh, you can give birth? Uh, it's happening. At least in this, it's kind of incentivized. Yeah. Fucking Roddy Piper's driving around somewhere in there, and he's like, I'm the last fertile man. Right, yeah, well, yeah. He has to go fight a fucking frog with three dicks. I- I'm sure Frog Town's out there somewhere. Oh, it sure is. Cuts over to the people eater and the fucking bullet farmer. Healthy babies. <laughs> yeah, though, honestly. A family squabble. So he sees his billboard, too. Like, it's a billboard of himself, and it's, like, all vandalized. Yeah. And, like, cowards written across it, and it's all spelled wrong and shit. He's got, like, a... I... F- <laughs> Love the fact that coward is spelled wrong. <laughs> He's got like a fucking devil mustache and his eyes are like scratched out. And we, we mentioned this briefly earlier, but everyone's wearing like surgical masks, like N95s essentially because of whatever's in the air. And I just got to say, Achilles, bad form because he's just like holding this on his face with his hand. Like, put this shit around your ears. You don't, that's the point of it, dummy. He's like, I have rights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Timely. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very on, uh, on brand with what's going on right now. Yeah. So he gets to his brother's house, and uh, Carolyn Purdy Gordon opens the door. This is Stuart Gordon's real life wife, who is also in Dolls, and her husband, who is Achilles's brother, is also in Dolls, and they are like together in Dolls, like like they are. They're, like, dating or whatever. Never seen Dolls. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. We should do that. Yeah, let's do it. Are you trying to tell me a director has actors he likes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would never happen. But they're good. So, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's her It's her and Ian Patrick Williams, excuse me. Yeah, Ian Patrick Williams is, is her husband who plays um, Gary Graham's brother. And they have five kids. She's expecting their sixth because, as I kind of joked about earlier, it gets you a third bedroom. Six kids equals three bedrooms. Yeah, three kids to a bedroom, one bedroom for the parents. Couch for Achilles. The way that, like, we see this layout and how, like, Dan has an office that's, like, cordoned off behind a glass fucking, like, uh, door. Dude, this guy's office is, like, the, half the size of their house. Yeah, but I'm saying they're, they're stuffing all the kids in one room and those three extra bedrooms are, like, the other office and, like, the workout room. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Dad's definitely got his computer set up in the fucking kitchen is what it looks like. Oh, yeah, sure. It's definitely, like, a Christmas that almost wasn't situation where at the end of that film you showed all those poor kids, like, all, like, crammed into the same room, like, 12 kids. Oh, yeah. So then little Tommy runs out to greet, um... Achilles, and he's like, Uncle Jim, or uh, Uncle Achilles, and he's like, I'm just Uncle Jim now, kiddo, I'm retired. Can I still call you Achilles? I don't like Jim. <laughs> Jim's stupid. Oh, yeah, you can call me Achilles. This little kid is Jason Marsden, by the way. No shit! Yeah, um, and if you don't know who Jason Marsden is, he's uh, the voice of Thackeray Banks in Hocus Pocus, and he does the voice of Max in the Goof Troop, or in the Goofy movie, and he's even in, um... Full house. He dates DJ for a little while. Yeah. Not Steve, the other guy. Not Steve, the nerdy guy, the the rich kid with the glasses. You know, they're like, hey, how you been? Come sit down. You want some bantha milk? Okay, here you go. 
<laughs> they get like a call. Somebody calls the house and they keep getting these calls and these people are like, hey, is Achilles there? Tell him he's a fucking asshole. You take his robot jocks TM and shove it up his ass. And uh, they're like, yeah, people are harassing us, but uh, it's okay. They don't understand. You're a good guy. And he's like, ah, fuck. And then uh, mom comes over and she's like, look, we're cooking up. We got real meat for you tonight. She opens up the pot and it's just like a singular hot dog floating in some beans. Yeah. It's like a singular Thuman's hot dog and, and fucking brown water. So even calling that real meat is a lie. <laughs> They're fucking eating Soylent Green, bro. Like straight up. Yeah, it's either that or cockroaches. Like that shit they were eating in Snowpiercer, those fucking cockroach blocks. <laughs> The gravy is made from dead cockroaches. The, the, the hot dog is made from dead robot jocks <laughs> killed by Alexander. Oh, God. We're eating real people. Eat up, guys. None of this person goes to waste. You know what it was, though? It was that guy from the beginning they showed the moral of, the guy that got stepped on. This is all they could uh, recover. And, you know, when you buy the meat, you get, like, a little placard that says, this is who you got your meat from. Yeah, dead. it's like a picture of him on the package. They're like, huh, we got Vladimir, huh? Put it on the wall with the others. You're delicious. That is a little robot jocks in you. <laughs> well, see, we're going by the logic of ravenous, so if you eat the robot jocks, you become a better robot jocks. Ah. You, now we're all we're all a society of Wendingos. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying anything, you know, the, the, the everybody, you know, everybody's, the whole world's gone to shit. We're just trying, you know, any, anything we can do to try to repopulate and make a, make society better, you know? So, why well, fuck it. Why not? What's the hurt? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what's, what's the, what's the hurt? And he's like, somebody call me? Pops in with like an all laugh track. You know, you know, yeah, hurt, you know, he could make way more of those hot dogs if he chose to, but, you know, he's an evil son of a bitch, so he just withholds all that. Hurt has the power to feed this entire civilization of people, but he's just rather watch them suffer right you know what, what was i just talking about he used to be jesus so in a, in a true godly way he just watches these people suffer <laughs> right yeah yeah I, you know it's out of my hands instead of helping them yeah fuck it we go to the jungle gym test where oh my god all these tubies are told all right so uh you gotta you gotta do uh this uh jing this jungle gym test where you gotta climb up these bars and you go through this hole and at the end you win ninja warrior <laughs> Uh, and, uh, if you fall and die, oh well. If you fall and die, you'll get better. When you get to the nose, you gotta stick your hand up the nose and grab the red flag out of it. All that stuff on you, just ignore it. It'll, it'll wash off in a shower. If, if you really worry about it, that's how you lose and you look like a real putz on live TV. By the way, if you have two halves of a token, you'll be saved from the Aztec Temple Guards to come out to kidnap. Do me a favor, when you get to the Shrine of the Golden Monkey, make sure you put that head on correctly. Because I've seen a lot of episodes and most people don't. Don't touch Mark Summers. He hates that. He's a germaphobe. Don't touch them. So they start all climbing this gymnasium, and the second they grab onto the bars, like, the lights turn red, and everything starts shaking and everything, and they find out that this is, like, a trap-laden monstrosity that if you touch, like, oh my God. particular spots, like, things happen, like, you know, a bar gets really hot or really cold, or it detaches, or it shoots a fucking dart out at you. Or if you fucking get slick shoes, man, one of those fucking uh, data data bars. <laughs> Yeah. Slipping all over it. This movie loses its mind for about two minutes, and suddenly this entire sequence become like it's like a Nitzareb or Front Two Forty Two music video. Like there's just all these weird dramatic zooms <laughs> and like light, like there's red lights everywhere and these loud ass sirens, strobes going off. Yeah. And then Athena and Sargon are like the only two to make it to the top. 
and as they're both trying to climb through the hole, Sargon, like, kicks Athena in the chest, and she flies backwards, but she catches herself. And then Sargon, he steps down on this one bar and loses his footing and plummets, like, 30 or 40 feet. Oh, not even just loses his footing. He steps on this, and the fucking bar collapses under his foot. <laughs> and he falls on, yeah, like Sean said, 40 feet onto his fucking back. We hear the hit. Yeah. It's like bone crunching. It's like that motherfucker's dead. He's like Will Ferrell from Austin Powers. Can someone help me up? I'm badly injured. It smells a lot like almonds. That's not a good sign. I think I broke both of my legs. I'm going to try to stand up. They hinted that somebody would die, but I'm the only other named character, so we can't have that. Yeah, I'm the only other Tubi with a name. Because he he shows up later without a fucking broken bone. He should be in fucking Bugs Bunny bandages is what he should be if he's alive. (laughs) Right, yeah, he should be bandaged. He should be honestly bandaged up like Gramps or like uh, Devin Sawa at the end of Idle Hands with the full body cast. Yeah, with his fucking foot up and everything. So Athena makes it out. She makes it through the fucking red door and she becomes the first female robot jock. Ninja Warrior. And yeah, exactly, Connor. She climbs that rope to the top, but it was a gymnasium this time. <laughs> she gets it. She, she's suddenly outside and someone's handing her a trophy. She's like, what the fuck? She rings the bell and like, or she she's trying to get out, but she can't make it all the way. And then Chuck Norris shows up next to her. She's like, he's like, Barry, Barry, you're going to be fine. Just relax. Like, it's you and me now. We're going to get out of this. And then she climbs out. She's about to fall and Roger from Night of the Demon sticks his hands out. (laughs) (laughs) Climb, girl! Climb! Stooge is at the bottom. Yeah! That's Sargon. Yeah, he comes back from the dead. Possessed now? Like, maybe that might have been what happened. Maybe that's why we see him later. He's he's undead, undead Sargon. Oh man, he's possessed by the fucking demons from 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 the night of the demons. Holy shit! Even better if he showed up later on, like in a body cast. He's like, I. He's like, I am the victor. I was fine. I'm not hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> he still challenges Alexander. <laughs> I I could take you on now. <laughs> From the wheelchair, and then just fucking Alexander kicks him down the st- like a flight of stairs. Yeah, like O.J. Simpson and fucking Naked Gun too. Or like, what's his face from Friday Part Two when he gets the fucking machete in his head? Oh God, he's just grunting and trying to move. He's like, ha! He's like, as soon as I'm able to move, he's like, you're dead. I'll bite your legs off. So Achilles is watching this on television, and and it's like Athena, the new robot jock, who's a woman, and he's like, what? He's like, no, 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 no. Fuck that. All right, I'm going to be a robot jock again. I'm going to come in. I'm going to sign the contract again. Hey, commissioner, let's fight, baby. I kind of got a thing for her, even though it's only been somewhat hinted at. Uh, I can't let a woman do this. It's not sexist at all. Promise me. I, I promised you. It's not sexist? I love it, and I don't want her to die, question mark. Without, like, the narrative context, like, the optics of it are really bad, because he's like, he sees this... This girl get his spot, and he's like, what the shit? And he's like, no, I'm suddenly unretired. Like, what if it was Sargon? He would have just been okay with it. Like, ah, whatever. If he dies, I don't give a shit. Athena, ah, I, I, I got to get back in on this. Yeah, right, right. It's fucking Sargon. Via con Dios, motherfucker. Well, I guess we're going to lose Alaska. That guy sucks. Well, back to my mint julep or whatever. He goes to the commissioner's office. He gets reinstated as a robot jock to fight. Uh, the fight the battle against Alexander and um, in the process like he meets up with Matsumoto and Matsumoto's like listen I designed this new weapon but we're gonna change it up because we're not gonna lose this fucking match because every single one of these matches has been leaked by somebody in our mitts we don't know he's a spy so nobody not even the technicians knew what they were putting in um, when they installed it so only Matsumoto knows and he's 
going to record specific instructions that Achilles is going to watch right before the match starts while he's inside the robot. Right. And he also, uh, when he, he comes back to do this match, he tells the commissioner he'll only do it if there's no bleacher bums this time because he doesn't want another incident. Oh, right. That too. Yeah. Behind them, like Tex is in, like a ghillie suit, just like listening the whole time. Like. <laughs> He's disguised like a broom. Because <laughs> Tex is on fire that they don't have the uh, the info ahead of time. Like, again, sweating bullets. Like, I need to get that to my contact. I, I mean, I just need to know. I, I just, I, that's something I'd like to know ahead of time. What do you mean I can't know the fucking plan? God damn it, what, there's your spies all around. What if I, what, you know, what if it's, it's not me. It could be me, but it ain't me. It would never be me. Why would it be me? There's no reason to believe that. <laughs> what What about you, Matsumoto? Maybe you're the fucking spy. What do you mean? That's not a listening device in my hat. That's Dobby. <laughs> Can Dobby come out now, Mr. Mr. Conway? Just punches the inside of his hat. <laughs> Tex was already like an asshole, sexist. Now he just goes full racist because he's like, yeah, I trust that Jap as far as I can throw him. Oh, dude, he's fucking Japping all over this movie. So then Tex is, uh, he's helping Achilles train to get ready for the fight. And Athena kind of watches this happen and she's clearly pissed off because he's stealing her thunder. Oh, yeah. You know, he leaves because he's, you know, he's done as far as he's telling everybody. And he just pops in out of nowhere and she's like, what the fuck? Well, she fucking earned it, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the real shitty part. Like, even if, even if Achilles shouldn't have came back and been like, like, all right, I'm just going to steal this from you. I'm stealing this back from you rather than like, hey, Alexander's going to kill you. So we're going to I'm going to like walk you through this, which essentially we'll get to it. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, he has this whole rivalry with Alexander that's been set up the whole film. And this guy only wants to fight Achilles, really. He's like, I acknowledge that you won your weird King of the Hill thing, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so Achilles is back in the bar again. And, uh. He gets confronted by uh, Athena. She, like, runs in. She's like, what the fuck? She's like, why are you back? Like, oh, you, you know, we, we all know you're doing this for money and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, no. He's like, I'm not doing this for money. She's like, well, then what for? And he's like, uh. And before he can fucking get a word out of his mouth, Alexander comes in again. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> he, oh, he fucking Zangief's right in, dude. Man, he loves stepping on people's moments, too. He sure does. He's like, oh, I'm glad to see you. Dude, he fucking delivers this line like a fucking... Like a Bond villain. Like a fucking Russian Christopher Walken. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. Christopher Walken doing like a bad Vlad the Impaler impression, or like bad Dracula impression. He's just like, he's like, you you make my drink taste like blood. <laughs> well, yeah, because Achilles is like, you're making my beer curdle. So fucking ridiculous. And while they're having their little pissing match, uh, basically, you know... To show that this fight is now going ahead, we cut over to Matsumoto doing his recording of how the new equipment works, or the secret weapons. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tex comes in. He's like, yeah, you wanted to see me, Matsumoto? Not even. He he comes in, and Tex just comes in on his own accord. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And Matsumoto's doing his thing, and he, like, pauses it. He's like, oh, what are you doing, Tex? And he's like, hey, uh, I'm... So here's the thing, like, I need to know what the fucking special weapon is. Right. And Matsumoto's like... No. And he's like, come on, Matsumoto. Tell me what the secret ingredient is. <laughs> he's like, well, how about this? How about yes? <laughs> how about you tell me what it is or something bad's going to happen? Not associated with me being a spy. <laughs> <laughs> no espionage, I swear. Then uh, Matsumoto's like, huh. 
Well, by the way, I've been looking at some archive footage, and, you know, this was your mech, right? And this is the, uh, the pinhole you shot to blow up the enemy, uh, mech. Uh... Are you calling me a spy, Matsumoto? He pulls out his fucking pistol. He's like, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> yeah. I was arriving to that, I was arriving at that point, but if you want to jump the gun, I mean, be my guest. We can go right to that conclusion if you like, because, yes, I'm accusing you. Lucky shot my ass. <laughs> He basically breaks it down like he's like, you know, there's no way you could have won that match. The the robot that you fought was like super advanced and like he was looking at the plants and and he's like he's like, look, he like zooms in on the fucking robot. He's like, see that crack? It's like the size of a fucking half dollar. Like you would have to know exactly where it was to to defeat that robot. Yeah. Even Luke couldn't have hit that shit. Nope. Nope. Use the force. Nope. He just starts saying that. No, no, I, I use this thing called the 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 the, the force. It's the farce. Uh, you know, copyright. I can't say it uh, how it's supposed to really be said. But the force is what I use to hit that sh- to hit that pinhole. Everyone just rolls their eyes like, oh man, he's seen Star Wars now. It's the farce. Old Ben told me how to use it. God damn it. I heard about it from Christian Bale <laughs> in a basement. <laughs> there there were some dragons or something. You know, when I was when I was a boy, when I used to live in London, <laughs> England. <laughs> During the Dragon Wars, before all this nuclear war broke out. 30 years ago? Before I was raised by fucking, uh, 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 Matthew McConaughey, I lived in a basement with... With Christian Bale, and he told me the story of Star Wars. I do love this scene, though. I think this is actually really well done. I think it's really well filmed. Um, I think it's acted very well. I think the guy who's playing Matsumoto is really good. Um... And Tex is like, I like that Tex is like, um, he has no qualms about being a piece of shit. No. Yeah, Matsumoto's like, what better spy than a hero? Which I thought was right. pretty poignant. And he's just like, uh, you got me, partner. That's true. I'm the spy. <laughs> so uh, Tex like punches Matsumoto and like takes his gun. Well, well, not quite. Because he takes his he takes his hat off to knock the pistol out of Matsumoto's hand. Oh, that's right. But in the <laughs> yeah, process, right. Dobby like finally gets you know he can get away now and he just skitters away like down fucking uh, Texas back and out the door. Dude, he rolls he hits the floor with a fucking wet slap. <laughs> Dobby, Dobby is so wet. It scuttles off like a chestburster. Like oh, Dobby's wet. Yeah, he sheds his skin and fucking slithers out the door. Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> Later, somebody's, like, looking for him with a cattle prod. Anyway. No blood, no Dallas. He gets the pistol out of Matsumoto's head, out of Matsumoto's hand, and as he's about to blow Matsumoto away, Matsumoto kind of is like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second, and and hits, like, a button on his remote <laughs> to start recording their conversation. Yeah. And he essentially gets text to admit it all on camera. It's so great the way he does this, though, because he, like, he breaks it down, and he's like, he's like, you know, he hits him with, like, this, like, Japanese, like, philosophy, right? And he's like, you know, we're all... We're all the same people that we've always been. Like, in an old man, there's still a boy and stuff like that. And he's basically just like, you know, I know that th- there's still good in you. Yeah, the, the real Tex Conway, basically. You know, he's like, I know there's real the real Tex Conway inside of you and, like, who's not a piece of shit. And Tex is like, oh, you know what? You're right. And then he, like, fakes, like, going to shoot himself and then just shoots <laughs> Masamoto right in the fucking head. Yep, and he gets uh, he gets uh, Nakatomi'd over the back wall. <laughs> oh, he sure does. Well, okay, so that, yep. so real quick, that's another cut that you guys have in the PG-13 that's not in the PG cut. So in the PG-13 cut, when Tex 
shoots Masamoto, there's a big blood spray on the wall. And in the PG cut, it cuts right to like a screen that shows like a robot falling down. What? Yeah, to kind of mimic where like uh, where okay. Tech shot that robot and killed it. Like he shoots Matsumoto and then it cuts to the to the screen and then that robot that he shot in that match falls down. I don't hate that, but this is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least that's creative. Like you instead of just like awkwardly removing it, you inserted something that actually has like narrative context. So that's cool. Yeah. So then fucking text goes over to the dead Matsumoto and like shakes his hand he's like he's like doc meet the real tex conway and then puts the fucking gun in his hand and then brings his sweaty sloppy ass over to the fucking phone and he like dials up the commissioner he's like commissioner uh, i gotta tell you something well i I confronted matsumoto before and i was like you're the spy and he's like no i'm not and then he blew his fucking brains out because he is the spy but but he held the gun like 15 feet away from his head to shoot himself so there's no no impact powder or anything like that on the shot yeah he shot himself directly in the middle of the forehead with no powder burns yeah was, he he you know matsumoto he's a smart motherfucker you should have seen you should have seen the way his hand was moving the angle it was on it was something to behold <laughs> He he shot himself in the back of the head. He he done suicided himself twice in the back of the head. I said, you're the spy. He said, I know you are. What am I? And I was like, oh my God, he's a spy. (laughs) He felt so goddamn bad about it. He just, you know, let me turn to the side. You can see it for yourself. He's right right there. I, I saw the whole thing. And like, and the commissioner's like, what? Oh, it was Matsumoto the whole time? Ah, fuck. All right, we'll be right there. Don't touch anything. And Texas is like, ah, yo, yep. Sure won't. So then we go to this scene where Achilles is met by Athena at his apartment that I guess he just was given back after he came back. It's like, you could have the same place you lived for how many years prior to you, you leaving. We didn't take any of your stuff out of it, so. Yeah, we knew you'd be back, so we just left it as is. And neither did you, seemingly. You just left it all here. <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she apologizes to him, basically, to be like, oh, uh, you know, I'm sorry about what happened earlier. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, don't worry about it. You know, her being all upset that he came back. But, you know, oh, and she goes, oh, I, I, I got a present for you. Can you turn around? And he's like, huh, okay. She pulls out a fucking tranquilizer gun and just shoots him in the back. Yeah, uh, and he's like, what? Because obviously she's pissed at him. She has every reason, every right to be. And they have a weird kind of clumsy fight throughout this entire apartment. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, they, I think she throws him through a table, she throws him through his paper walls. She, oh no, she's got the table! She slams it through it, someone just rings a bell, he's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, we, we get this whole scene where he throws her on the bed, and my eyes just start rolling into the back of my skull. <sighs> Except for the fact that, like, he like pins her he's like he's like what the fuck's wrong with you he's like you asshole you fucking drank me and she like he's like why do you think i came back and then he like goes to kiss her and she like bites his bottom lip off yeah i, I kind of love that yeah it's great and uh she uh punches the shit out of him and knocks him out more or less and then starts destroying all like his equipment in the room so he can't contact anybody yeah takes his keys fucking blows up the goddamn intercom thing but uh, unfortunately she forgets to to destroy his uh, John Hurtmobile uh ca- car remote his remote control <laughs> But she uh, more or less locks him in that room he can't get out of. Yeah, oh, dude, this is fucked up, because, like, she leaves and then just, like, easily pulls the panel away from the door lock and just fucking, like, pulls one thing and it locks him in, like, indefinitely. Yeah, like, 
just moderate vandalism is the way you can just entomb someone in their apartment. That's, like, I feel like that could just short-circuit by itself, and, like, you couldn't get out. <laughs> what a way for Achilles to end up, like, so, what happened to him? He died in his apartment. Yeah. He starved in his apartment. <laughs> couldn't get the door open. Yeah, I found him eating the paper in his walls. <laughs> Ate his own leg. So Athena assumes the identity of Achilles and gets suited up in his suit. He got a little taller. He sure did. Aren't you a little taller in Achilles? Ah, whatever. So so he's like, so she's like walking through all the guards and like waving, they're like waving around. He, they're like, oh, good luck out there, Achilles. Like, uh, aren't you a little early? Okay, he, he must be a little nervous. Uh, go ahead, go on up into the fucking giant robot. Nothing suspicious about that. Your visor's down. That's weird. He's not saying anything. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Literally has never done this before, but no, no one thinks beyond the surface level of it. Again, it's one of those things where they trust, A, they trust him, and B, they're like, oh, it's his last fight, so he's a little nervous, you know? Even Tex is like, ah, that's a little strange. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk to him when he gets up in the cockpit. My boy's good. And the commissioner says to Tex, yeah, you, you weren't kidding, Tex. There wasn't a single powder wound on that body. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell of a thing. Hell of a storm. The the actual thing that gives her away is that uh, technician we referenced earlier who goes to slap uh, who he thinks is Achilles on the ass as kind of like a ritual uh, good luck. And he's like, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I was expecting. That ass is too plump and firm. And he's like, oh, shit, you're not Achilles. And then she just like kicks the crap out of all the technicians and, and fires everything up manually. His fucking realization when he slaps her ass is hilarious. Like his eyes like bug out of his head and he's like, you're not Achilles. That's shapely and athletic. What the hell's going on here? That's a, that's a hell of a peach you got there. You're not Achilles. So then uh, everyone in Mission Control sees what happens and they try to stop the mech from basically going up this elevator to the to surface. And the commissioner is, like, on the phone. He's, like, talking to his security, his fucking Spaceballs cadets. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, uh, oh, well, you should have... Sh- basically, you can tell that they're asking, you know, bring them in, a, you know, bring Athena in alive or dead. And he's like, ah, we can't chance it. Just kill her. Yeah, he, this motherfucker's like, shoot to kill. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. She's in a mech. Who are you killing, by the way? By that time, she's already in it. And she's like, ha ha, fuckers. And Tex is like, I got this bitch. And he, like, hits a button and like to, like, bring the robot, like, down instead of up. Right. And she's like, fuck you. And she literally has a union with this thing and climbs out of the silo. Because why not? It's fucking awesome. It is so cool. At one point, she, like, kicks a fucking hole in, like, the control room and, like, knocks a bunch of people back to, like, step in to it as, like, a as like a footing. It's really cool. And then as she's, like, approaching the, the area where the fight's gonna be, I guess, I guess Alexander's just floating there waiting for, like, an hour usually. And he's like, ah, oh, did not use entire gas tank this time. He's like, I'll land. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile... <laughs> Fucking, uh, Gary Graham is, like, in his room trying to figure out how to get out, and he's like, Right. Oh, yeah. Magic legs. And he fucking hits the button, and fucking Baby comes barreling through the fucking wall and, like, blows a hole in it. And he jumps in his fucking hover car. What you don't see is the four apartments that car had to blast through to get to his. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like a razor hog just fucking leaving destruction behind it. (laughs) A family's just eating the singular hot dog. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're robot jocks. Like, like, like saying grace and the fucking car runs them over. Knocks over the single hot dog. <laughs> the only momentum I have of my husband. Yeah. Say a prayer, kids. Well, we're eating our last robo jock sausage. He walks through like four rooms of like dead and dying family members. Someone's like, it's Achilles. <laughs> it's, it's Jeffrey Combs and his family. He's like. They're like, oh, Jeffrey, you somehow survived the bleacher bomb uh, massacre. Thank God it gets hit by this fucking car. 
like through his apartment building. The fucking old lady from Predator 2 comes out. Yeah. Like looks down the hallway. Herb, there's somebody in the bathroom. Then the one from Ghostbusters comes out. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> okay, who brought the robot jock? Yeah. And uh, so basically they try to argue with the refs that, oh, we have the wrong pilot. It's the wrong pilot. And the refs are like, yeah, not our problem. We don't give a shit. We're starting this. Yeah, fuck you. Your robot took the field. Good luck. Refs like, IRL, don't care. So Gary Graham gets to the gets to the station. Now he's up in the tower, and he's with Tex and the, and, and the commissioner. And they're like, what the fuck? And she's like, she's in the robot, Gary. And he's like, ah, shit. And he's like, all right, well, what we're going to do, like, that's it. You know, she's already engaged. She can't get out, so... We're gonna we're gonna walk her through this and we're gonna win this fight basically. So he's like he's like all right Athena. He's like boot up the the video because Matsumoto is gonna tell you like he record, pre-recorded this thing for your um for the special weapons. So they play the video and Matsumoto's like your special weapon is a solar flare. <laughs> yep. And he like tells her how to use it and shit. And then it just like hard cuts and it's just text like yeah motherfucker he's like he's like yeah he's reciting the whole like samuel jackson fucking pulp fiction thing <laughs> with the pistol to matsumoto's head with the pistol on matsumoto and everyone's seeing this and text is like ah shit <laughs> he's like yeah i sure did kill him look keep watching the video <laughs> and the commissioner's like this is like nothing like you explained it tex that slide jab some bitch fucking got me on camera uh and then uh tex seemingly having fulfilled his life uh, decides that <laughs> this is the this is the final stop on his train. <laughs> like you think when Tex is like, "You ain't taking me alive, motherfucker!" Like <laughs> you think that he's gonna like hit this guard and like take his gun and just start shooting everybody, right? Right. <laughs> he fucking knocks this guy out of the way and literally starts running away, and everybody's like, "Go get him, chase him!" This motherfucker jumps. Out a goddamn window. And he's just like, Geronimo! And fucking jumps right out the fucking window. Fucking dolphin dives out this fucking window and belly flops straight to the bottom of a silo. I'll see you in hell, motherfucks! He hits the ground and he lands right next to Dobby's lifeless corpse. (laughs) He lands on top of Dobby. I think I'm alive, Mr. Potter! I somehow survived the fall! Ah! (laughs) And then smush! That man did a triple lindy off the side! Oh, he sure did. He fucking triple lindied right into some other existence. You think Hurt opened up a portal for him? He ain't saving this guy. Even this guy's not worth saving. Nah, this guy's expendable. So, Tex is obviously the traitor, like we've been talking about the entire episode, but like... Guys, if you haven't picked up... I don't know if you picked up the subtext yet, but we've been hinting at the fact that Tex is the spy. Yeah, (laughs) but he's the spy. I I mean, to be fair, the movie clearly is painting this in a way that, like, the audience is supposed to get it before the characters. Sure. But it's also like... What was Texas Endgame? Right. What was he achieving by this? Like, like was it like a Dennis Nedry situation where he was like getting like a payout from the Confederation or whatever? I yeah, I don't know. Check the vending machines. Yeah. <laughs> the Confederation will give you as many prostitutes as they can get their hands on. All you got to do is be- betray your fellow man and get them all murdered. Oh, hot diggity! Well, shit. No menthol. Okay, where's the shaving cream can? Conway, we got Kanye. Conway here. Nobody cares. So yeah, like Sean said. So we cut back to the battlefield and fucking, you know, Alexander makes this grandiose entrance where he's like flying around, and this is the first time you kind of can see that the robots have the ability to like 
fly. Yeah, and also Alexander's mech, by the way, has been upgraded big time. It has like nine legs now, yeah. He's like, you cut off one leg, I overdo it and get 17 more. My legs is like the Hydra heads, it come back in twice. <laughs> cut off one leg, two more grow. It really actually has four legs and two, two hands at this point, but sure. <laughs> it's gonna keep growing, given more time. It has 75 legs, okay? <laughs> so they take the field, and, um, you know, uh, Alexander shoots some missiles off, just like before, and then um, Gary's like, fuck it, just do it now. He's like, use the special weapon. So she does the solar flare, and it blinds... Uh, Alexander for a second and then Alexander just like goes into a fit of rage and just like jumps on her and just knocks her down and starts fucking pounding her with both fists. Well I guess the idea is he can't see but just from his experience of fighting all these battles he just knows oh I can't see but the other mech's right in front of me. Yeah and like but she doesn't make any like maneuvers to like get out of the way or anything she just kind of stands there. Yeah yeah. Yeah he knocks her down and she ends up (laughs) fucking Gary's like use the bolo saw. (laughs) She sh- it's pretty fucking cool. She like shoots this fucking bolo saw out and it like wraps around Alexander's arm and the saw starts going like there's like blades on the on the chain and it cuts his fucking arm off. Think Ivy's weapon from Soul Calibur but we- weaponized or mechanized rather. Yeah. Yes. And uh yeah, cuts the one arm off and then Alexander's like, "Okay, it is one inch punch time. Here comes 80,000 pounds of pressure. I learned this one from Val- Vladimir Putin." <laughs> Have you ever seen Age of Ultron? Here come, go to sleep. Here it go- here it goes, I'm going to use Piston Feast. I could do this once into the cockpit and end it, but I'm a sadistic son of a bitch, so I'm going to do this a hundred times in a row. <laughs> Just long enough so Achilles can fly his white ass out here and get in the mech. <laughs> to get in a car and drive all the way out to the arena, like, meme on the background, is like... <gasps> Theoretically... This robot jock should be fucking, like, a, just a heap of metal, like, all bashed the fuck in. Athena should be, like, a red spray on the inside of that cockpit. Yeah. Oh, she's just mush in there, yeah. But then, like, as Achilles, he, you know, he hops in his car to save her and flies over. He fucking jumps in his car and drives across the desert to get to them. It's gotta take 20 minutes, right? You would think, but then Alexander, like, realizes it's not uh, Achilles, and he's, and he's like, fuck this, I'm just gonna step on her, but he's already won. That's the woman. Like, the refs have already given it to the Confederation. Why don't I just crush her like bug, you fuck? Hey, we, we let this slide the last nine times, but the tenth time, it's a different story. But when you're gonna do it blatantly, I mean, y- you can't. Just stop it. We, we, yeah, we, you did it blatantly nine times, but the tenth is where we fucking have to step in. Well, we draw the line. Only put up with that for so much longer. Because we bet on Achilles, so you stop it right now. So then as Achilles is like, wait, hold on, let me just get her out of here and, and we'll, we'll fight. So she's all fucked up, like KO'd. She's passed out. And uh, Achilles goes in for a kiss on, on, a, on a knocked out woman, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's real romantic. Not okay with that. that. That was the one part of the film I was like, all right, I already don't love this whole romance angle, but sure, they, they, they're at least trying to set this up. But then you just like insert this because? That's where I decided I hated this romance. I was like, all right, I can, I can do without all of this. Yeah. I don't understand why they had to have him do that. Like, fine, you're there to save her. Just take her out. Pull, pull her out and, and get her some medical attention. I don't think she needs your fucking... Saliva. Dirty mouth all over her while she can't barely breathe. A cigar swilling 
Cigar Swilling Executive is probably like, what are you doing, Wizard Old Mans? Come on, what is this? <laughs> well, right, yeah. Wait a second, he's got a kisser. What the fuck? What do you mean they're just friends? Stuart Gordon was arguing like, no, this is a fantasy film. There's got to be some romance. Men and women just can't be friends. You got to make them fuck. Or imply it heavily. And uh, so Alexander, like, because he can't crush Athena or Achilles, he's like, ah, uh, fuck this. And then he, he goes to, like, knock, like, step on the refs, and, like, his commissioner comes on the TV. He's like, yeah, we won. Just uh, get the fuck out of there already. He's like, you're going to ruin it, Alexander. Stop it. And Alexander's like, I die, I die. And he punches the fucking TV monitor out, and this, like, goes to step on the skiff with the refs, and they, they jump out of the way at the last possible second. Oh, yeah, dude, he fucking smushes that thing. I wish he did kill the refs. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah, get those one percenters out of here. Oh, yeah, man. Then the best, this is the fucking best line of the movie. They get Athena out, and she gets carted away on, like, a fucking uh, ambulance skiff. Flown out of the movie. And, yeah, sh- see ya. Goodbye, Joe. Yeah, everybody gets <laughs> fucked out of the movie. And it's just Alexander and Achilles. Goodbye, Athena. Goodbye, Commissioner. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody else. Fucking Gary Graham gets up and he's like, he's like, I'm gonna get in this thing and I'm gonna kick your ass. And I don't know, like, I'm not even doing it justice. You have to see it, but like, it's just so fucking cool. And he gets in and he fucking starts up the machine, and they fucking start going at it again. Well, they he flies into space like Iron Man for some reason. I still do not understand this sequence at all. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there because they go because they go into space for what seems like no reason at all because because they could. I don't know what the main like. I don't know what Gary Graham's goal was. It's like it's it's like um Superman Doomsday. It's like you take him up to space so he wouldn't like cause any more damage. But like these two are fighting in the middle of a fucking wasteland. There's no spectators now either. Achilles goes and flies into space and Alexander follows. But then, like, Achilles just kind of circumnavigates the Earth while Achille- while Alexander literally shoots a nuke at him and takes out one of the feet, and then he just crash lands onto the Earth. Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? I have no idea. But they did pay attention to the fact that there's no sound in space, which I really enjoyed. Yes. Um. So when he shoots the missile and shit explodes, like, you don't hear anything. There's no sound. And uh, miraculously enough, even though they circum vented the-, the fucking planet, they land exactly where they needed to, back at Death Valley. <laughs> Yeah, like, in the exact position where his arm got cut off. Yeah! At, at least 50 feet away from it. Fucking Achilles, like, Achilles just, like, crashes, and then, like, uh, Alexander is able to land because, I guess, Achilles' like, feet were fucked up, so he couldn't, like, reposition it. Also, mind you, why doesn't Alexander just, like, land on top of Achilles' robot, like, at full speed and just destroy him instantaneously? Because he's savoring this, right? <laughs> okay, sure. He's a sadistic fuck. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, no, that's true. So he fucking flips over Achilles and he's, like, shooting at him and shit and then Achilles turns into a fucking tank. Yeah, he's like, by the way, I can do this now. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, P.S., here we go. Like, you, you could see, like, the rotors on the back of the legs, but you don't think anything of it until this scene. The fucking Power Ranger music kicks in and he fucking turns into a tank he rolls up to alexander's uh mech's dick and just starts firing at it and it's like okay yeah. and then like to top itself Alexander like reaches down and just easily flips his tank over yeah and then just out of the same area the crotch area specifically this chainsaw comes out this chainsaw dick <laughs> This should have been accompanied by BFG Division from the new Doom. Like, it's such a fucking hardcore thing. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen that movie, uh, 
Tetsuo, here's <laughs> my chainsaw dick. And he uh, proceeds to then uh, fuck the shit out of uh, Achilles' cockpit, but Achilles just kind of like steps to the side and, and dives out of the fucking front of the cockpit, like barely missing the saw. Oh, dude, it's like right before that fucking Adat foot comes down on, on the on the snow speeder. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Achilles is just running around naked with no robot. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and, and then fucking Alexander starts trying to like step on him. You know, Shadow of the Colossus move or Empire Strike Back, however you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah he, he fucking grabs onto this foot and like alexander's like where did he go and then uh gary graham's fucking stamina bar runs out and he falls and then he like runs to the arm that he sees i guess like a plan formulating in his mind and he's like running in zigzags so he can't be tracked by uh, alexander's machine guns and he gets to the robot arm and kind of like fucking hangs inside of it for a second and he reprograms this thing to uh to launch so he launches the fucking severed robot arm fist missile at fucking uh at the alexander robot and this thing explodes it was apparently loaded with a hundred pounds of tnt yeah like that was his fail safe right like if anything happened he was just gonna punch him with this fucking thing and blow them both to shit his fucking robot or like mech explodes like seven times at the torso and you're like oh okay well he's clearly dead Surprise! <laughs> I use eject button and I fall to ground. I come out with homemade X. Hello. I have the hurt technology. Portal power just sends me to the ground. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a piece of like the robot with like a thing on it. So it's like, yeah, like Connor said, it's like this weird like makeshift, this convenient like battle axe. axe. It's a weapon you'd get in a video game. Like it's something it's like, here's this piece of rebar. It's conveniently shaped like something that would resemble a blade. It's like getting a metal pole in like The Last of Us and like duct taping a fucking knife to the end. Exactly. And they have it out. They have like a Spartacus match basically. Yeah, with the, you know, Achilles gets a bar and they're like fighting and fighting and then like Achilles gets gets the upper hand and knocks him down and uh, he drops his bar. He's like, look man, we don't have to fight anymore, dude. He's like, that's it. Like, we're robot jocks. Like, none of us has to die today. It's literally over. Everyone said it was over. You're the only one who pushed the envelope. <laughs> yeah, Alexander's like, you You can live if you kill me. And then uh, Gary's like, no, we can both live, man. We, we're robot jocks. TM. We can do it. I actually love Alexander's response. He's like, no, we're both dead. We're robot jocks. As if, like, no, the very the very definition of this, of this like, career path is, like, at some point, we're just going to die in the field. Yeah, right. Also, also Alexander is 100% being executed <laughs> after this because he just defied the uh, Confederation and caused all this death and destruction. Oh, they're hanging his ass after this, dude. Like, public execution, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's why he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to just keep going. Yeah, but somehow Achilles talks him out of it. He talks him out of it. He's like, a, like, Alexander has a rock he's about to fucking bash Achilles' head in with, and he's like, stop, dude. And uh, he has a change of heart. Hey, like we said earlier, if I could change, anybody could change. <laughs> so they, so he drops this rock. They walk up to each other and they give him the fucking the proverbial fucking robot jocks fist bump with the thumbs up. Yeah, that's yep. it. And we cut to credits. There is <laughs> like there is no rejoicing from the market side. There is no public execution of 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 Alexander. There's no resolution. <laughs> It's just over. We don't find out if Athena was okay with that kiss or not. Or if she even survives. Right. Yeah, she could die. We don't know. 
I, I like to think she does live yeah. in the uh, n- the non-existent sequel where she actually owns the role of the main character instead of having it robbed from beneath her feet. Agreed. It ends like uh, Woody Harrelson just like slammed the fucking pop-up funny clothes real quick before you can finish. <laughs> He's like, that's it. There's nothing else. And that's all she wrote. That's that's the whole story of Robot Jocks. And Gact and Josh Hartnett are standing there like, huh, just kind of ends like that. <laughs> yep. What do, you, what do you mean by that? They're fucking pals now. That's the end of the story. That's how it goes. Well, you want a goddamn epilogue? You want some kind of sequel here? I'm one man. I'm drawing this stuff on the side when I'm not serving drinks, you son of a bitch. The fuck you think this is? I had serious writer's block that day, all right? I just couldn't come up with an ending. It's a good ending. Fuck you. So where are we putting this? Uh, this goes on the shelf. Uh, that was me trying to replicate my uh, uh, hesitancy from the first time we recorded this. <laughs> That's right. Also from Razorback where you did the same thing. We're like, I don't know why I did that because I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but this one you're not so sure, huh? Yeah, this one's weird because I think there's not enough of the the, the titular robot juxing, I guess. That's not motion expensive, dude. Yeah, I know. For a $7 million movie, which is like the, the thing I had to give it, like, is you couldn't afford to give me two hours of just like robots slap each other, which I understand. So you get this weird sandwich of a movie where the beginning is front loaded with robot action and the end is back loaded with robot action. And in between, you have all this kind of like mostly okay to good, you know, human drama interaction stuff. I think the tubies are a little overbearing after the second viewing because they're all just so fucking stupid. I think the the Athena romance is incredibly forced and very awkward at times, and you're just like, why was this here? But uh, the one thing this movie has is sincerity, and that's kind of that goes a long way with me. If you're not being, you know, transparently shitty, or if there doesn't seem to be any cynicism involved, te- I tend to enjoy, you know, whatever's going to happen next. So yeah, this is good it's a shelf movie. Um, if I had to put it between something, I'm just gonna steal what Joe said last week because I have no idea. <laughs> no, don't steal it because I want to do it. Yeah, let him let him say and then just piggyback then. Alright, you can have that one. Yeah, I'll just say the one I had then. Um, I don't know what to put this between because it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's it's as far as like my own decisions go it's just between two, it's between Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it's good. If you like if you like robots slamming, just body slamming each other, you should check this out. Uh, yeah, totally on the shelf. And again, it's one of the, and I say it a lot, but it's it's been on the shelf. So first, I just want to say, like, this is an important movie in low-budget filmmaking history. And kind of to me, because I, I, I'm a huge fan of Empire Pictures and, and Stuart Gordon and, and that whole uh, history of films. Again, I, when it, it wasn't received well critically when it first came out, but it's a pretty monumental achievement, especially for an independent production company, especially with that budget, which was fucking insane. So I guess it's pretty, it's it's significant in a number of ways, really. But just as its as its own film, uh, I I fucking love it. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, it had it. Everybody's really great in it. Like the acting's really good. The story's really good. Um, in my opinion, I like how it's kind of that. It's almost like a political thriller and a science fiction movie, and it works pretty. I like to to pretty well results. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and you can't beat the fucking stop motion, dude. Like, no, anything with David Allen's work in it, um, is is fantastic. And again, it has, it has that feel that I really like. It's very, it's a very cozy. 80s sci-fi action movie, uh, probably one of the best ones, low, low budget wise. It's a ton of fun. Um, it's funny. It's kind of there's a there's a lot of good drama. I I think, yeah, it's it's fucking good. I really like it. I don't really have too much more to say about it because. Uh, 
I've said a lot during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all have. But if I had to put this between two movies, it would be Rocky Four and Pacific Rim. Yeah. The story beats are very similar to both of those movies, and it's almost like putting them together. Like, if you took Rocky Four and Pacific Rim and, and kind of mashed them up and then, like, made it in the 80s, that's Robot Jocks. Be a white Russian. Yeah, dude. Drago kills fucking Apollo Creed in the beginning of that fucking film. Throw in the damn towel! Yeah. <laughs> Just like in this film where, like, it kill, it, he kills Achilles' friend in the beginning of the movie, and then it's kind of like this feud that, like, it's a personal feud between them, but also for uh you know well in the movie it's a championship boxing thing but it's in this movie it's like you know the 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 claim of like land and shit um i mean they're both pretty political i would i would i i say sure rocky definitely more so but i i get what you're saying rocky definitely more so but even this film the whole base of this is political this film oh yeah cold war is fuck cold war is fuck and and obviously so is rocky but i mean this is implying that the cold war actually happened like we actually it, you know bombs were dropped and this is the end result years later yeah yeah it's still it's still who has the biggest dick contest oh <laughs> without a doubt yeah uh no matter no matter which way you cut it so yeah shelf uh this is definitely a shelf movie and I actually did like this a little bit more on my second viewing. Uh, I think the first time we recorded this, I think I said it like, uh, it, you know, it definitely wasn't dumpster, but it, it was close to that uh, vicinity of the, uh, you know, eggshell crate on the side of the road kind of situation. But, uh, you know, after listening to Joe talk about how this movie was, you know, basically an independent film and it was, you know, of the jo- the Charles Band universe, uh, Empire Pictures universe, uh, it's pretty fucking impressive in that context, because if you don't know that going into this, you know, I don't agree with it, but I could see people shitting on this, saying, this movie looks old, like, ah, and it's like... Oh, sure. Yeah, if we're talking about, like, a movie from the 80s or 70s that had, like, a 20 or 30 or 50 million dollar budget, sure. Yeah. But you're talking about, again, small studio that's known for making small movies for years, and it's, it's a fucking shame that it, it put them out of business, and this movie maybe didn't get its, um place in the spotlight that it deserved and and obviously this in recent years uh, became a bit of a cult classic so it's kind of interesting how that all works out but um being as it's on the shelf we uh we we go into the closet where my good friend or you know i keep referring to him as my good friend and this man (laughs) is not a friend to any one of us i my my good friend daniel baldwin yeah um the statue the hey arnold statue in my closet held together by Gorilla Glue and bubble gum and <laughs> made out of uh, gin bottles and tequila bottles and hamburger bags. And I think there's a newspaper cape from Meteor Man and, you know, Bo Derek's leg is just uh, falling to pieces. <laughs> Go back and listen to all the episodes pretty much from this season where this, uh, this Baldwin statue came into uh, reality. But, uh, you know, instead of being, uh, you know, again, Bo Derek's leg or a piece of beef jerky shoved into his arm... Uh, I think this time we're going to take the Baldwin statue and just collect it all. And, uh, you know, we're going to put it into its own mech, like the Daniel Baldwin mech. <laughs> I, I, you know, I honestly just picture like an Ivan Ooze type thing. Oh, no. It, it's just Daniel Baldwin, but it's all drippy because of the sweat. Oh, he's got his own Ivan Ooze inside of him? Well, you know, you know Ivan Ooze could actually be controlling this. You know, as far as we know, <laughs> we just threw a bunch of that garbage in there and it started moving. Wait, Ivan Drago Ooze? Could have been, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, comes out of the uh, the holes where he injects steroids. You know, that's the uh, the the excess. <laughs> and uh, somehow, some way, this Daniel Baldwin. Uh, you know, again, the sweat is is real. That's protruding off this thing again. Like Ivan Ooze, it smells from miles away, so you can always smell it coming before you hear it coming. 
And uh, we don't know, you know, again, Leonardo, here's another thing that could be fighting your Gundam. You know, this this Baldwin uh, mech <laughs> that uh, I'm going to guess its main move is dolphin diving into its enemy, which just is uh, creates massive collateral damage wherever the fight is happening. So uh, keep that in mind. It's, you know, it's like Godzilla uh, oops all monsters. <laughs> Uh, destroy all monsters, whatever the fuck it was called, that game for the GameCube. Oops, all mo- what is it, a fucking Crunch cereal? A Captain Crunch cereal? Did you just confuse a Godzilla game and a Captain Crunch cereal? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. I kind of love that. Snap into a kaiju. There you go. So, uh, you know, while Baldwin is uh, fighting on the side of John Hurt and destroying all uh, that is good in its path, uh, <laughs> it also stands for this movie being on the shelf somehow, some way, you know, wrap your mind around that one. I like this movie. It's, uh, you know, it's, it might not be super high on my proverbial shelf, but it's absolutely on there. Like, I'll, I'll revisit this movie, and uh, if that Blu-ray, or or even, honestly, the DVD ever becomes available and it's not, uh, let's say, <laughs> 80 or 90 or $100, like, let's get it down to, like, the 15 20 range. I'll pick it up. Maybe even $30. I'll pay $30 for this movie, without a doubt. <laughs> I think that was originally how much the Shout Factory Blue was. I can't believe it's already... That's it. That's what I'm saying. I can't. I just can't believe it's already, like, retired. Like, that's it. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, back in the vault. Uh, you know what it, You know what I think it is? I think that maybe the rights reverted back to Charles Band or something? Maybe? It could be streaming on that full moon service. I don't know. And if it is, um, I don't know if that's worth price of admission for full moon. Let us know if it is. If, if someone listening knows that for a fact, like we, we would love to know one way or the other. Sure. So we want to thank you all guys for listening at home and especially our patrons, Hunter Davenport, Brandon Lemune, The Autistic Gamer 89, Beyond Hope 777, Christopher... Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Barocio, Amanda Tweed, Joe Has a Mustache, Dustin Elkin, and Nick Lowry. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Yeah. And if you go on that Patreon right now, you could see some behind-the-scenes shots of Gramps, Joe putting the makeup on me, and uh, a few other things uh, revolving around the barbecue. Yeah, and don't forget, we're running the barbecue giveaway this month, so make sure that you write in to any of your... uh, Go on whatever social media platform you prefer, send us a message with the words barbecue giveaway, and you will be entered. You can also email us that at moviedumpsterpodcast at gmail, and... Yeah. If you do share it on your Facebook or Twitter or what have you, the the video of the barbecue promo, just screenshot that and uh, send it over to us, and you'll actually be entered twice. Yep, you get two you get two names dropped in that hat. And please don't forget, you can always support us without spending any money by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five star review. Yep, uh, we would really appreciate that. Or you can do that and give us some money. That'd be nice too. <laughs> Whatever you can do, we always appreciate it. So that's it. That's Robot Jocks from 1989, directed by Stuart Gordon. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. You can live. Yes, if I kill you. We can both live! We are dead. We are robot jocks. <laughs>